Hey, everyone. It's Wendy. Uh, first of all, hi, how are you? Thank you for being here. Uh, and I'd like to obviously welcome back the people that listen to the show every week or whenever I put these out. Uh, and also, welcome to the new people. I had a TikTok video go very viral over the past few days. And uh, I think it has a lot to do with the videos about like mindfulness and whatever, and uh, the meditations that we do on the pod and on the Patreon. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're new and you just found out about me, hello and welcome. I hope you like the episode that you're about to hear. And also if you're into the meditation stuff, go back further and listen to all the um, episodes. I love you. Please stop before I started doing all the the helpful ho shit, all the fancy hooker stuff. If you go back, it's like all that kind of mindfulness meditation stuff that I use to help get me through and up and out of my year living in an attic in the Midwest. So if you want to find out more about me and if I'm super full of shit about all the stuff I said in that video, um, go back and listen and you'll see that I'm not super full of shit and that you can make some changes in your life, not a lot of stuff that we can control, only two things you can control every day, attitude and effort. I'll leave it with that because you can go back and listen. We've got a long episode for you today. And this is my friend. Oh, speaking of that video, the $1 car that so many people are like, yeah, right, bullshit. Uh, that's a real thing that happened. And it's a real person. She gave it to me for $1 and it was not under duress at all. And uh, she's in Sweden and she's my guest on today's episode. Her name is Monica Myler. She's so fucking cool. You guys are going to love her. And we, I, we recorded for like two and a half hours and then we got off the recording and we talked for another hour and a half afterwards. I mean, this chick is so inspiring and it's interesting because she is in a place now where I was about a year ago in St. Louis. So if you are someone who is currently, you feel like you're stuck, um, you know, and you just feel like you're never going to get out of a situation and you've completely fucked yourself in some way, uh, shape or form, this episode, you're going to really relate to it because I just came out of that place and she's in that place kind of now. <laughs> if you're listening, Monica, I don't mean to be like, look, so if you, you think your life is shit. Listen to this fucking story. That's not what I mean to say at all, but just like, it's a reminder that, hey, life is all ups and downs and it's how you choose to view things, right? So as someone who just came out of a place that felt very dark and very lonely, I was aware during the time and now after the fact, I'm even more aware of, uh, you know, the reality that you got to chill out sometimes and uh, like my friend, my new special friend was... Uh, talking about his kind of down periods in life and he just would think of them as a gathering period. And so it's like, hey, sometimes you got to chill out. You got to learn new skills. And every time you fail or you perceive um, failure, don't beat yourself up about it. Say like, okay, well, I guess this is not the time for me to do the thing I was planning to do. And there's some something I need to learn, some new skills I need to pick up. Um, so hopefully this will be helpful to you and, you know, inspire you to just like keep moving forward, do what you're doing, just keep moving towards the goal. Even if it's one little tiny thing a day, do what you can. And if you're in an upswing and your life is great and you're killing it, this is also a good reminder that when you do have kind of a drop off, uh, a little bit of a down period, all is not lost. You're going to be fine. You just gotta, you know, again, it's like a video game. 
When you go into a new level, it can be more difficult and you got to pick up new tools and meet different weird characters. And you're like, what the fuck is the point of meeting this wizard? And then in the next level, you're like, oh, I needed that. Okay, now that makes sense. And that's all I'm going to do with the video game references here in this intro. I am very jacked up. I am like very, things are good. And so I'm trying to be calm, control mania, and keep everything in check. Thankfully, TikTok... a lot of nice comments. Very few people are jumping on the video just to say, you old bitch, which is actually kind of helpful because it, it keeps things in balance, knocks you down a notch. Um, so that's what I'm going to say about this episode. Oh, one last thing. If you are in St. Louis or near St. Louis, I am recording my album this Wednesday. So it's in two days, October 6th. I think there are still some tickets left. So um, there's a link here in the episode notes if you would like to come and be a part of the audience for my very first album recording. That would be great. I'd love to have you there. Uh, Again, that's Wednesday, October 6th, 8 p.m. at the Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis. That's the one in the Galleria Mall. If you want to get there early, you can stop by Sephora, grab a nice lip balm, get a lip plumper, a lip stain, so we can... uh, Take cute photos after the show. All right, that's it. I'm going to I'm going to go get an adapter because guess what else that just popped up into my life? A giant monitor for my um, laptop, like a massive uh, computer monitor, which was one of the things I had on my list of things. I'm like, I don't want a TV. The one thing I would maybe like to have as a, as a monitor, I'll save money for that, and that's something that I've literally had. It's written on my shopping list um, that's on my refrigerator and I the person my new special friend was like hey do you I have an extra monitor and it's massive anyway so I'm gonna go get stuff so I can set that up and honestly it just I mean god you know when things seem to be going like so well that you're like this seems almost too perfect um I'm kind of having that happen but uh, you know you got to accept good things into your life so if you are whatever place you're in just accept it that's what's happening and it's okay and if you have terrible shit happening. It's for a reason. And if you have really cool shit happening, accept and embrace that as well. That's equally, if not more important than accepting and embracing the quote unquote bad stuff that's happening to you. When good things come into our life and we say, "Mm, this seems too good to be true or no, that's not for me or "Mm, it's probably not going to work out anyway. Um, You are literally pushing good out of your life. There's a full episode about that. If you go back in the archives, And that's all I'm going to say about that stuff. So welcome back to all my longtime friends and welcome to all the new people. I got to get to the mall. You are going to get into this conversation that I had with my very dear friend and personal, I mean, karmic angel. So please enjoy this conversation I had with the wonderful, the magical Monica Myler. Hey, God. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I'm kind of nervous. Why? Because we're recording? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, don't be nervous. Danny DeVito okay. is giving you the peace sign. That's making me feel a lot better. <laughs> Isn't it? We're like a lot of people, they're like, that seems like you're like leaning into your schizophrenia. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> I, I'm in, this is not where I live. This is... Uh, the like meeting room of the apartment building. So it's like fluorescent lighting, super not cozy, but my, my roommate is having friends over. So I wanted like a quiet space. So I got access to this room. Oh, it's, it looks very professional. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it's so now where, so you are in the meeting room of, uh, like someplace the, on hyper uh, Island. <laughs> 
No, no, this is my apartment complex meeting room. So this is where the like the co-op board or something meets. Like they just have meetings about the building here. It's like a dingy basement room. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I see all the coffee things behind you. It looks like a place yeah. where they hold AA meetings is what it looks yes, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might do that here. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, so, okay. And I already gave you a really great intro at the beginning of the show that I'll do later. Yeah, um, yeah. So what is happening. I haven't talked to you since you moved. So where are you? Tell everyone where you are, what's going on. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden, um, and a place actually called Hugsatra, which is like the furthest subway stop on the green line outside of the city. So I, I ride my bike to school. It takes me like 30 minutes. Um, and yeah, I came here August 1st. So it's just been over two months. Um, and I came here for school and okay. I, attend, what kind of school uh, are you going to? This is really so interesting. It's, it's a really strange school that I still feel like I'm figuring out how to explain to people. Um, so it's, it's called hyper Island and it's like a digital business school. Um, but there's no professors, there's no grades, there's no classes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, wait. And it's, and so it's, it's um, like, I mean, it's, it's marketing, it's um, content development is the program I'm in. And it's okay. business, it's communication, it's giving you like a little bit of everything, but no like really hard skills. So like anything that I need to know in any like Adobe programs or like any technical stuff, like I have to learn that on my own. Um, there's so more so like we're learning about group work and, but also like, vulnerability and openness and trust and like all of the things that are like the underlying things that make up for like a collaborative space, like either with my classmates, but also we're working on, um, we're working for real clients the whole time. So like right now I'm doing um, a project for an, an actual client and they, the way it works is they pay the school to use there are students who are learning, but we're still creating actual like business solutions. Right. But you're learning. This sounds, the more you describe it, because it sounded cool when we talked about it. And now the more you describe it, once you're there, it's like, this sounds like a weird scam slash like yeah. plot to an Eli Roth horror film where you guys all get murdered. They're like, no, no, no. It's a great school. It's a great program. So you show up and they're like, there are no teachers. So how do we learn this? Fucking Google it. You have the, you yeah. have the internet. I mean, everyone says like, it's, it's kind of has like a cultish, um, <laughs> like a, it feels kind of cultish, I think to people that haven't gone there or even maybe people that go there. I mean, whenever I'm describing it, I'm like, this sounds like a cult. And that kind of is on brand for me. I've always felt like I would probably get sucked into a cult. I'm <laughs> now it's just like in the way of school. No, wait a minute. <laughs> Did you pay to be there? So you paid for this. Oh yeah. And I'm one of the few who have paid for it because, <laughs> because the, the Nordic students, they get their education paid for. So it's like, you know, they have to go through an admissions process, but all of my fellow students are going for free. And I'm like, have saved every penny for two years to be able to be here. So it's a little like, um, I mean, everybody kind of takes it seriously because you really have to kind of buy in to this kind of thing. 
Oh, for but, sure. Uh, you have to. You got, I mean, that's, <laughs> hey, I used to go to church in private school. You got to buy in. You got, that's <laughs> yeah. most of life is like really life. The, the longer you live, the more you go through, you're like, this is all kind of bullshit. So it's really, you're like, I guess you just have to buy into whatever the fuck someone's selling you. You're like, I, I have yeah. to believe that this is the way to go because it's where I'm headed. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, the, the like, there are energizers that we do throughout the day, like where you have to, and there's check-ins and reflections and the check-ins are like, you know, what kind of breakfast food do you feel like today? Like oh what God. are, like, what metaphor would you use to describe the feelings? Like it... <laughs> Actually, now that sounds not like a horror film. That sounds a lot like when I was in the psych ward where it's just like, okay, so wake up. Everybody do, we're going to brush our hair. Everybody brush your hair. Now we're going to yeah. do bed checks. Bed and checks. then we, we will often do this um, energizers where like, okay, everyone turns to the person next to them and they play rock, paper, scissors, but they have their own version, which is like bear, snake, mosquito or something. I don't know, but you do rock, rock, paper, scissors. And then whoever wins that starts like a train behind you. And then you go around and they're little rock, paper, scissor battles until it's two people with a line of students behind them. And then, and this is how you like, I mean, but actually it works. Like whenever you're feeling kind of low energy after lunch and you do some crazy shit like that, you wake up. Okay. <laughs> I, I, hold on. Wait, so funny okay hold on hold on describe like a go, go through like a normal day like what would be like a tip I know it, it already first yeah. of all bear snake mosquito you're not going to describe like uh you know we have a 15 minute coffee break so like yeah what was your most recent day like at hyper island okay so right now we're in like very unscheduled kind of work with your group um but like okay so the I'll tell you the first day Oh yeah, it yeah. really okay. sets the scene. Okay. So on the first day, um, we had to, everyone had a big piece of paper and they had to draw with markers, three symbols of things um, that represent formative things that have happened to them in their life. And then you had to get up in front of, my program is 40 people and I'm the only um, native English speaker in the class. And you have to get up with your piece of paper and describe the three formative things. And I mean, some people are listing some really traumatic shit. I mean, there are people crying. And this is the first day of school. I felt so emotionally drained that I thought, like, I'm not going to be able to ride my bike home. I'm not going to make it home before I pass out. <laughs> and, and then by, like, <laughs> the end of that week, we had to write down um, on Post-its. Their whole thing is – it's like they've invested in – post-its <laughs> this is a, this is all so a post-it scam yes <laughs> so you had to go around for every person in the class all 40 people and write down something that you like like about them or some kind of compliment or something you've noticed about them and some of the people I hadn't really gotten to know that well so I'm writing like I you know appreciate your calming energy but as I'm saying it I'm about to cry and I'm like, Monica, pull your shit together. Because if you cry telling someone that you haven't even had a conversation with, like, I appreciate your calming energy. But it, this school, like, opens you wide up. It is such a surreal experience. Okay. So now, <laughs> when you're doing the... This is... So you're doing the compliment thing, right? Or so you're giving someone, like, a, hey, I, I like your calming energy. Is this yeah. before or after this person that you've just met goes like, oh, this um, circle represents when I was raped by my entire family at the age of three. Is this before after. or after? <laughs> so for, after. Everyone, oh, my God. So everyone does, like, trauma bonding. Yeah. So then, I mean, a lot of it is like, I appreciate your openness. 
I mean, cause everybody was pretty open. Um, I think it's really cool yeah. how you told everyone uh, that your mother made you pretend to be her her husband when you were four. And also, your hair is really shiny. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What was the yeah. craziest thing that someone shared? Oh, well, there was... Um, and also, the, I should also say that some of the people in my class are, like, just out of high school. 18 years old. Some people in my class, like I'm not the oldest person, I'm 34. Okay. And there are definitely people like uh, in their mid forties, not very many, but that's the range. So, I mean, um, but a very young woman, like she had a, a parent that died um, and like that kind of, no, like, no, like a, abuse was set. Mm, like, boring. Um, but still, I mean, there's still time. Well, and also shit, it's really. kind of, I, I think it's kind of insinuated. Like anyone who's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to this place called Hyper Island where there are no teachers and run around and play <laughs> Bear Sank Mosquito with a bunch of strangers. You, you, you can kind of like assume that like most people there have been molested at some point. <laughs> like, like, you know, don't even bring up any kind of like weird sexual trauma because we're going to assume that some of you have been like abused already. That's why you're here. <laughs> so oh, I got something else. You're going to love this. Okay, so this is still week one. On Wednesday of week one, they have us doing a guided meditation. Love it. For all, and a lot of people have never done meditation before. I get the sense, but I was pretty comfortable and I kept my eyes closed. There was like, they started out guided and then it was just some, mute, some music playing. And then we didn't hear the facilitator who had been in the center of the circle. We didn't hear her for a while. And the song ends, we all open our eyes. She's not in there anymore. And there's just a box in the middle of the circle. And I'm thinking, I'm not opening that box. I'm not opening this box unless somebody tells me to. But somebody gets up and they open the box. And there's like um, the equivalent of maybe $100 and like a note giving us instructions that we have to plan a party in the next like two hours. And for 40 people, there has to be food, drink, entertainment, decorations in two hours with 100 bucks. And so we have to, but we've learned, we've had, you know, two and a half days of communication and group work training. So we're like, you know, somebody steps up and is like, okay, grabs the chalkboard. Like, all right, let's do, you know. So then we separated into groups. My group, I, I chose, I have so much experience in food service. I'm like, I think I can handle this. It was really hard, but I'm telling you, like, we did it. Like, and the party was, I mean... Granted, it was just like almost like paper mache, you know, right. but it was like we pulled it off. And well, the and you sent great. me, you sent me photos and it looked really cool. So yeah. what did you guys do for food? And what you, I want to know about the food and I want to know about the entertainment because that's got to, that's my favorite part. Okay. The decorations were on point too. So um, we made like a couscous salad and also the school has several kitchens, but they're just microwaves. So someone had to, we all went to the grocery store together, bought some pasta, I handed off to the person that's going to go home because they lived close and cook the pasta because we can't, there's no way to cook it at home. That's cool. Right. So then Do you like we made pasta like a, extra crispy. You're just like, I don't know, plus one minute. <laughs> so we um, made like a pasta salad, a couscous salad. Then we had like chips, popcorn, um, some kind of Swedish Kool-Aid. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they were, they're serving that Swedish Kool-Aid, uh, day one. It sounds like at the school. <laughs> like, so there's Kool-Aid at every party. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the entertainment. So they, they decided to have like two hosts. 
So whenever we got to the, it was in a classroom at school, uh, there's two hosts and they've got a little um, cup with different colored post-its folded up. So you pick a post-it, then you're assigned like whatever color that is, that's what table you sit at. And so that like divides the teams randomly. And then um, it was like a music trivia that they had like come up with. Um, And then, oh, the decorations, they made a photo booth and it was all... um, it was all Mean Girls themed uh, because <laughs> our program director had told us to uh, wear pink that day because it was Wednesday. So they tried to get that going that week. It hasn't really stuck, but... Wear pink on Wednesdays? <laughs> That's a thing from Mean Girls. Oh, on Wednesdays, okay. we wear pink. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I, don't think, I think I've seen the movie like once. And the only part I remember is like the, where she was feeding her power bars to be like, these are to help your diet. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like bulking up. That's the only thing I remember. And then get in loser, which is now a meme. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought that was like a Swedish thing where they were like, okay, so you know how like on Instagram they do women crush Wednesdays? We take it a step further. You're all going to dress up like a different shade of a vagina. <laughs> it's like, this is a very deep woman crush no. Wednesday. If it were a Swedish thing, I think it would mostly be like, okay, everyone wears black every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what is it? There's not much color popping in this country. Yeah. So what, is this your first time in Sweden? So I've visited twice before. My childhood's friend works at this school. So this you know, someone that I've known since I was 13. So I've I've visited her twice. And at one point I was kind of, um, in 2019, um, I visited and I was describing like, I want some further education, but I don't want to go back to college. I don't want to be sitting in a classroom. I want like hands-on. I want like something kind of different. And she's like, have you been paying attention when I've told you about the school that I work at? And she's like, hold on here, have some of my Kool-Aid and let me explain something to you. Let me, let's talk, let me talk, let me talk to you about the power of my Lord and Savior, Hyper Island. (laughs) Wait, can I tell you what? And I want to keep telling you about this. I just had a flashback to, you know, that cult Nexium that like, it was all over the news. There's a cult called Nexium and this guy, Keith Rainier, I think is his name. Um, was the head of it. He's in jail now. And Allison Mack, who's an actress, she was on Smallville. She was in this cult. And it was like a sex cult, like a BDSM sex cult. And his whole thing was just, he would like recruit women. And there were a few like heiresses to, I forget which empire, but they're like gazillionaires. And it was going on for years. And towards the end, they branded. So Allison Mack, this actress who I went to high school with, Allison. And at oh, the wow. end, part of and part of the cult was like everyone had to be really skinny and do a lot of cardio and not eat. And I was like, boo, that would be my, I would that be my out. I'm like, if we're gonna, they were branding their initials in their skin. Allison and this guy Keith were branding their initials into women's like bodies, like their hips and shit. Oh my god! Part, no, the, we did all get we did all get hyper island. Te- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> it's just after six on your, months. We, it, it's on your back. It's just full like wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but dude, so this is wild. This is, uh, this is years ago. Years and years ago, I was, this is before I ever did stand up. I was living in LA. I was going to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. So I was going to school in Hollywood, living in Hollywood. And I was at a grocery store and I saw Alice and I ran into her. And, um, I, I, she must've been like starting in this cult. It must've been like before the cult was really popping off, but I can remember running into her at a grocery store and she was like, Oh my God. Uh, she's like, Wendy. And I was like, Hey, how are you? And we start talking and 
she was had this really like weird calm energy, which is a very like church vibe, you know, where they're just like, hey, I just wanna hi. It's a be- it's just so nice <laughs> to see you at a beautiful day. When someone's like very calm and you're like, mm, yeah, you're on you're on drugs and or in a cult. <laughs> but I can remember talking with her and she said, I'm doing really well. And yeah, I'm part of this like women's group and I'm with my mentor right now. And if you, it's something you'd like to check out, I would like, you know, I'd love to invite you to be part of our women's group. And it was very creepy. And at the time I thought it was AA because when she said like mentor or sponsor or something, I was like, mm. yeah. and I was drinking very heavily at the time. So I was like, mm, I'm not ready to get off this train yet. And there's like this fucking sober loser trying to get me. <laughs> so thank God I had such a severe drinking problem because I yeah, was like, otherwise oh. you would have been in. Oh, otherwise I would have been in that cult. And then fast forward, I was like, this bitch was trying to get me into Nexium. Anyway, the point is your friend successfully got you into the Swedish cult. Dude, um, it wouldn't take much. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm about, I'm ready at all times to be sucked into a cult. You know? Well, and you were, you know, you travel a lot and this is, so for people that don't know, so Monica is, um, the, the now like TikTok famous person who sold me her car for $1, <laughs> but dude, people, I posted that people could not believe it. Uh, they're like, that's all the comments. And that went up yesterday and all the really? comments were like, show we fucking bullshit. Show us the receipts. Well, there should, there should be a bill of sale. It's like, not only do I have a bill of sale for $1, but I have a picture of us smiling and it's like holding a dollar. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, why is it? It's so sad that people have such a hard time believing that someone would just do something nice. Is and it that rare? Yes. Well, and even with trying to like with going to register the car. And so I'm just doing it in Texas because in Missouri, they gave me such a runaround when I was like, I'm like, oh, cool. So I got this car for a dollar and they stopped and they're like, well, that's not um, we can't do that. And I said, why, why can you not do that? That's what it is. And they're like, well, is it a gift? They, they could not process it. Like it's it never happened before. It's never happened before. And <laughs> even in Texas, now Texas is cool. Like there are some forms to fill out, but even in Missouri, they were like, well, we can't for a dollar. We have to collect money because the government's just like, we need to collect money somehow off the sale. And it should be 10%. And they're like, well, we'll go off the market value. And I'm like, no, but this is, but I'm showing you. And like, you had to sign that thing. It's like, why? First of all, if I'm going to make up that, if, if I stole this car, if I- It's not like it's a damn Mercedes. Right. It's, it's a 15-year-old Honda Fit. I know, that's the thing. I'm like, it's, it's like, and if I were going to steal a car, I would just not register the fucking thing and drive it around. Yeah. I'm a white woman. Like I'm a white, basically 40 year old woman. No one's going to pull me over in a Honda fit. Exactly. I'm not driving no. like a Maserati with blacked out license plates. It's like, it's not yeah. Especially in St. Louis. Like people do not get pulled over for traffic violations. No. I mean, unless drivers. Yeah. yeah. Like, but if I was going to steal a car, do you think I would go to all the trouble to like write up paperwork and forge a bunch of signatures and get like yeah. a fake like title of the car? I went with all this paperwork trying to be like, I'm doing the right thing. And they're just like, no. And they're like, well, maybe is it a gift? I'm like, sure, whatever. Yeah, this is, well, this is what it is. But that, were, I was trying to understand like what the deal was, but people, they could not comprehend. They're like, but why would someone sell a car for a dollar. And I'm like, because some people are nice. <laughs> like, and yeah, they're just I like, mean, we work for the government. We don't understand that. 
I didn't need the car anymore. Right. And I kind of, I, I like the idea of living in a place where I don't um, have to have a car either, whether that be in Europe or a, a bigger city. Um, yeah. And then I just wanted to do something nice. I mean, it's wild. Well, even in Texas, they're like, well, is it, I go, is there like a gift thing I can do here? And they're like, is it, is she like a family member? And I'm like, no. It's and then you like, tell, and then you tell them that we just met. Right. I'm like, well, we just, met. I'm like, we kind of have like a similar, um, like face shape and hair color. So I, I don't know if that is a vibe. We both, we both tend to be like, you know what? We're going to sell all of our shit and move somewhere and start over and see if we can make it work. Yeah. Uh, but very do, impulsive. It's, do, have you ever known an impulsive person? <laughs> yeah. We met two impulsive people met <laughs> right at the perfect time and they both could drive stick shift. <laughs> yeah. That was the real key. And that's, that's, a, the, that's enough of a damn sign for me. I know. I'm, like, I'm looking for signs that are a lot less apparent than that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell, can I tell you about one of them? Yes. Um, uh, this is weird. I almost got hit by a car the other day because I, well, I've gotten in, so um, bikes have the right of way here. So I kind of got used to cars looking out for me. And then I like to wear these uh, noise canceling ear, AirPods. So while, I just- While you're riding your bike? Me. Yes. Perfect. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, this van, I, I mean, my knee was this close to, I mean, he almost hit me. And of course, like, I mean, it's probably very apparent that I feel like I'm always very apparent that I'm American because I start screaming obscenities and I go to the other side of the road and man, this guy did, he pulled over and he totally took, he was like, oh my God, that was my fault. I'm so, so sorry. Oh, but of course in Swedish. So I'm right. like, I don't, I speak English. And then he said, um, like, where are you from? Like he's starting, he's like, not only just checking on me, but like trying, he could tell I'm like in shock. And so I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I was fine. But somehow my, my AirPods had unpaired from my phone when that happened. So I go back to pair them before I start riding again. Cause I haven't learned my lesson. And <laughs> the song, like, I am stressed out. The last thing I want to hear is some motherfucker speaking Swedish to me. <laughs> yeah. So the song that comes up, you got lucky. What? I have chills. Right. I mean, these, and it's like, am I, am I reading into these things? Do these just, I mean, who knows? But that just seems like too much to be a coincidence. Oh, for sure. Well, and it's the other thing too, is like with life, you can look at, cause I've been dealing like not dealing with it, but thinking about this idea, especially with the, the manifestation, the affirmation thing, because as you know, I gave you that, that meditation book. So I'm like all into this shit. I'm so fucking into it. I think it's cool because for like the first I would say half of my life that I can remember until my mid twenties, I was just always like really negative and depressed and I thought everything was shit and everything. And so I just kind of like, just to see as an experiment when I bought these wisdom cards, these Louise Hay wisdom cards, and I was like 24, 25, I bought them, never used them. And then I was like suicidal a few years later. And I'm like, let me just try this. It was always someone that was like all this positive shit and everything, whatever, it's dumb and it's bullshit. And then I'm like, okay, you know, just try it. Just try it for a month and don't have a bad attitude about it. Try it. Give it your best shot. It's like when I was a personal trainer, because I've been overweight a couple of times and as a trainer, I would have clients that were like, this is just how I am. This is just my body. I can't change. And it's, and I'm like, okay, I know, I know you're saying that because you've been overweight your whole life or those are family habits and I, I get it. 
but I have also been there. If you do what I say for one month and then tell me if you have no control over this part of your life. <clears throat> and it was always, they'd be like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's weird when I am eating Oreos till three o'clock in the morning and I'm not exercising. I feel like shit and my pants are tight. And then when I eat vegetables, it's like, it's not, there's, there is some kind of a pattern, but yeah. with the like, like changing thought patterns and like looking for like, it sounds dumb, but like the magic in life and like, Oh, if you choose to see things as like mostly good and like the quote, like negative things is like, Oh, this is like a weird glitch. And this is somehow pushing me forward towards something good. It's like, what's the harm in that? If it's all random anyway, you feel better when you're like going like, oh, wow, my AirPods like unpaired right at that perfect moment. And then the song comes on where a lot of people would be like, yeah, whatever. It's like, okay, if you want to write it off, then you can view life as like a, a, just a pile of misery or you can be like, oh, cool. Look at that. Huh? Yeah. You know, have you always been like 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 that? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. I really was um, resistant to anything kind of universal until a few years ago. Um, And I think it just took travel. I I don't know what else it was besides just like getting out in the world by myself and like feeling taken care of. So now where did you, so um, talk a little bit, tell everyone like where you grew up a little bit and like, when did you start traveling? When did you, and what, what was the catalyst to make you want to travel? Like, what was that change? Sure. So I'm from a very small town in Southern Illinois. Um, So I I met you in St. Louis and that was the biggest city to where I'm from, but I'm from like, I think my hometown has 8,200 people. And that's also like where my mom grew up and my dad grew up and my, I mean, my grandparents, like it's (laughs) like, and I mean, my, my mom's never been on a plane before my parents do not travel. What? Um, yeah. And, and also like, um, I mean, my mom has now, yeah, my, my mom has now gone back to school, but it's like, you know, my dad's a mechanic. My mom like worked in, in an office until she retired. Like, so um, I don't, they can't really wrap their head around me, but I, so I, um, but I didn't travel. So in, in college, I went to France for a month for a study abroad and that was in like 2010. And I never traveled again until 2017, where I went with a friend. We bought tickets into Mumbai, India. And then, so I bought a ticket into Mumbai and then a month later, a ticket out of Bangkok. And I didn't make any plans, no research, nothing. And we just had to find our way from Mumbai to Bangkok in a month. That's- <laughs> and that was basically my first time. Crazy. And then, but then whenever I got back, I was like, cause my friend, she kept traveling. She like had a plan to, and I had, to, I'm like, I can take off for a month and I got to go back home. But when I got back, I'm like, I know, I don't want any end. I want to do that, but with no end in sight. So then I saved up for a year working like, you know, doubles in restaurants or even maybe I probably had, th- I had three jobs cause I was working doubles at restaurants and then I'm a photographer. I was doing freelance stuff on top of that. So, um, worked my ass off. Then I sold all my shit and I just, I didn't have a plan besides I was going to come to Stockholm first, visit my friend. And then I had another friend I was going to visit in Turkey. And then I just, I, I would wake up and be like, where, where do I go next? Like just, and a lot of, I mean, one time I made a big decision. No, 
multiple times I made big, big decisions just because I just asked someone like, where would you go next? You know, or like someone told me a story and I felt like connected to it. And then I was like, that's a sign. And then I would follow where they just went or something, you know, just. Whoa. So <laughs> this is, you're like, you're taking the cake. You're, this is wild. I'm so glad we didn't talk about this before right now, because when I was like, oh yeah, I like to travel too. I get it. This is, this is fucking insane. So the Mumbai to, um, where did you fly out of? So that was the first trip. I, I flew into Mumbai and then I went to seven different cities in India. Then I went to Myanmar and then I went to Bangkok. That was the first trip in 2017. So now how, so you were, you were with a friend or you were. Yeah. Okay. She had also never been to any of those places. Like two, like white women in India with n- doing no research. No, we did nothing. So we just how was our asses that trip? Like, we so you get there and what, what was, what was the move? What was your game plan? What was your strategy? Just cause in case people are listening, cause I feel like people that are listening to this might be similar to you and I. Yeah. Um, so what's the game plan? Like, what did you do? You got there. How did you find shelter? Like, what was it like? I mean, <laughs> I guess this friend was kind of, um, wired the same way, of course. Like, so when we got to the airport, we realized, oh my God, the hotel that we booked or the, the hostel is not until the next day. So we showed up in India, like 3 AM. We don't have SIM cards. We don't have cash. We don't have anything. Um, like we have to figure it out. We had to figure out how tuk-tuks work at 3 AM in, in Mumbai. And we had to find a new hostel. What is a tuk-tuk? So, so that's like the um, auto, um, like rickshaw. So it's like, it's actually like a scooter. It's three wheels and it has like a shell on top of it. And that's what you see in India, India everywhere. But there's like, you can get scammed, especially late at night. Like you're not going to not get scammed. Right. Like, and, and, but it's kind of, but that's the thing in India. Like it's still going to be very inexpensive. Yeah. You're going to pay 20 times more than, you know, but especially like, you know, the meters never working the, you know, and this guy couldn't find the place when we, when we did find a place, um, he's like driving on the road next to another tuk-tuk. He's yelling at them, trying to find the directions to where we're going. And then, I mean, dodging cows. Um, and then when we got to the place, there was a guy sleeping outside by the gate. We had to wake him up to let us in. And then when we get inside, there's another, and the building's like covered in tarps. We get inside, there's another guy like with a rolled out mattress on the floor. We had to wake him up to check in. Um, So then, I mean, the next morning I woke up and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to face when I open that door. Like, like when you show up at a place at night, it's always kind of weird. But when you show up in a different world Mm -hmm. at night, I mean, so, I mean, we stayed there for maybe... Um, three or four days. Oh, and then the next day also, all I brought was gym clothes. I'm wearing like, I mean, not that I buy Lululemon, but the equivalent. I mean, you're wearing yoga clothes and right. like trekking backpack. We, I was like, oh, the next place that we're going to where we have the reservation tomorrow, that's only a mile away or something. Let's just walk. So we're walking through the slums of Mumbai. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, I lost, did you lose video or audio? Or no. you on mute? Am I, I on hear- mute? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Let's see. Can you hear me now? Okay, I can hear you. Okay. okay. Oh, we we um, for some reason someone had told us something about this other city, Udapur. So we 
you know, figured out we could take the train there. We went there, you know, we met someone else who told us to go somewhere else and we just kind of followed the trail. Um, and then, so we did like the golden triangle, like, um, saw the Taj Mahal. And then we went to Varanasi, which is like where, um, it's like the most spiritual place, like on the Ganges in India. So, um, it's where people go to be, um, to die. So the, the streets are just tons of sick people, dying people, because if you die there, they have special, um, they believe that, um, if you're cremated on the Ganges in Varanasi, that really, there's a spiritual tie there. So um, we went there and then we really wanted to go to Myanmar. Um, so went there afterwards. Um, and then we were like getting really close to time to get to Bangkok. So um, yeah, after seeing three different cities in Myanmar, we went to Bangkok. So that was my first like month outside of the country besides like in college when I was with a teacher and it was like a chaperoned group trip, uh, study abroad thing. That's wild. And the crazy thing about that trip is that you didn't get murdered. Yeah. So when you were, so the, the, the thing you said earlier, which I really liked is your brain kind of opened up to this idea of like signs and the universe, like shit being connected because you traveled and you felt like taken care of. So at any point during that trip, did you feel scared? Was there fear? And if there was, how did you combat that? Like, how did you kind of deal with that? I really don't think that even on that trip, that that feeling had came to me yet. Um, but also I just think I'm the type of person that I, I'm not scared by things like that. Like, it's not like I don't experience fear at all, but I'm fear. I'm afraid of things like, submarines and caves and but like i i in situations where i should be scared like fear like that it just doesn't it doesn't hit me but um on the next trip in 2018 when i was completely alone um i ended up in spain and i walked the camino de santiago mm -hmm. from uh porto portugal to um Santiago de Compostela. So I, I hiked for like 16 days. And of course, like I was not prepared. I had never heard of the Camino before. Like a week before I, someone told me about it on Instagram. I bought a flight to Madrid. I looked up the different routes and I looked up the packing list and I went to my like local, it's called Decathlon. It's like a really cheap REI. And I just bought everything I needed. And, and then I like just went. Before I ask you about your hike, I do want to ask you, I feel like if I don't say something, people listening are going to be screaming. And as someone who's part of this tribe, I do want to ask you if and when you were ever diagnosed as bipolar, you're describing mania and I don't think, really? and you may not be, you may not be, you might just be someone who like is, that's just your vibe. And here's the thing is, and doctors, and if you're on medication, please keep taking your meds. But the bipolar thing, I'm like, mm. I think Honestly, you a Wendy, I've really been struggling lately and I'm thinking that it's, I've been thinking it's ADD. I know that there's a lot of impulsiveness with that. Um, and then I've also been having like some dissociation and I'm like, maybe I have a dissoci dissociative condition, but I mean, I'm not medicated and I'm thinking that I should be. Well, cause what you're describing. So, uh, and I'm obviously very open about uh, being bipolar and it's something that I've learned to like kind of embrace and be like, well, that's just, uh, I'm, there are pros and cons to it. And the pros are like something like that where you just take trips and, you know, you do things where you're like, the, you can be impulsive, but also you can plan. So it's not always just over the top, you know, but 
that kind of, and that fearlessness is good. And then you just, obviously you're still alive, but you just want to like, there's a way to do it safely. Yeah. Um, but I've the been bi- damn lucky. Yeah. Like, but the bipolar, you've been very lucky as your, as your <laughs> ear pods uh, told you, your AirPods <laughs> told you yesterday or when you almost got yeah. hit by a van. But yeah, the like to see a post on Instagram and be like, oh, that place looks cool. I'm going to buy a ticket there and then go on a hike. That's, I mean, it's, again, I don't think I, I would just something to like look into and think about. And especially with this big change in your life, because I'm having that like um, dissociative thing since I moved to Austin. Um, it's been, I've never, and it's like maybe, you know, I don't know if it's like me getting to know myself more and noticing things that have always been present. And I'm just more attuned to it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but my anxiety has never been so bad. I don't think that I've ever... Um, if I've been dissociative in the past, maybe I just didn't have the terminology. I didn't know what it was. Or I just thought, like, I can't focus. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. It's It's since, like... And going back to school after 10 years of not being in school being in a foreign country and not just stop passing through for a few days, but actually living in a foreign country, um, being the, I mean, I'm, I've been around obviously a lot of people who don't speak English as a first language, but it's like working with people who like none of my references are understood. None of like, I just feel like my identity is really being questioned because I'm, I'm having a really hard time connecting with people. And that I look at as like my strong suit, like, Oh, I can connect with anyone super quick. Um, I can make friends very easily. And then I'm in this place where it's like, are, are these people just Swedish or do they, does everyone hate me? Mm. <laughs> because they're, they're not, you know, Americans are more like, open and I think warm not to say that Swedish people aren't after a while but yeah they're fuck not. them they were all black and they drive vans into people on bikes <laughs> fuck those people <laughs> they take they like to take a while to get to know someone before they let them in and I think yeah. I mean all of my student my classmates would you know admit to that that's where I've gotten this information you know when I tell them stories about meeting you mm-hmm. they're like that would never happen here that's <laughs> that makes me feel very uncomfortable <laughs> you know yeah. Oh, I met, I've done where this is when I was like 19, I think. And I was living in Hollywood in this apartment in Hollywood, La Brea. I was going to the Act American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I was working one of my two jobs. I worked at a coffee shop and this guy named Craig would come in and he was visiting from London and he would sit in the coffee shop and he was like super hot and he was like 22 and I was like, he has an accent. He's like really sexy. He would come in all the time and have coffee or he would get a hot chocolate and then some, like either a hot chocolate and then a tea, we kind of switch back and forth and he would sit there with his notebook. And so we would chat and I knew him for maybe four days and he had his suitcases with him on the fourth day. And I was like, oh, are you leaving? He goes, well, I was staying at a hostel, but I'm in town for work for another week and I can't like, but I like my time ran up there and like, I can't get money to stay there any longer. And he wasn't like, a, he, he could have totally been a murderer and a scam artist, but I was like, oh, well, I live right here. Do you want to just stay at my place for a week? And he was like, so taken aback. And he's like, are you something? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, and even if you are a killer, it's like, you're nice to look at, you know, so have, I'll, it'll be like a pleasant murder. But I, yeah. I, so I let this person I knew for four days, just come stay with me. And it ended up, we were, you know, we were friends and we like are in touch now, but it's like, I think it's an American thing. 
And also a touch of the, and again, I, you could say bipolar, but it's like that little bit of like, it's extra dopamine and serotonin for sure that mm-hmm. are, we have pumping through our brains that, and if you've ever done, um, upper, so stimulants, uh, if you ever done like a cocaine Molly, it's that, but like a low grade all the time where even if things are terrible, you're like, mm, that's probably going to be okay. You know, it's that kind of, but to have that naturally, yeah. I think is good a lot of times, but we just have to like keep it in check. Um, but and it's know, also, don't you think it's like wanting that stimulation, like wanting yes. that like challenge and whatever kind of like mm-hmm. hit you get from doing something that's a little like wild. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dopamine hit from being like, Oh, look what I did. Oh, look what I did. You know? And that's the yeah. thing. That's why drugs, it's so tricky with drugs because with especially cocaine is all dopamine and well now it's mostly fentanyl um so you're it's it's hitting the sleepy button on you it's not hitting the dopamine button but that's why i found it so like it was not helpful but for me i i i did it once and i was like oh this is great because it actually like calmed me down it's like if i take a half an adderall i'm like very chill (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, but then it's a weird thing because i mean i just don't like that um it just is a weird thing to pharmaceutically control mm-hmm. your brain chemistry. And again, if you're on medication, please keep taking it. Um, <laughs> did, no, I, I've never done cocaine, but I've been told like, don't do it because you would love it. <laughs> yes. Yep. Because what it does is it actually, it like you get kind of mellow. And then for me, at least, if you're doing it, when I first started doing it, the next day I would wake up and I would not really be manic because you're giving your brain like the synthetic dopamine hit. And so your brain stops making so much of it. And so people are like, oh, you seem more normal. It's like, oh, it's because I did a little bit of cocaine last night. And we're like, well, I don't know that that's a healthy way to live our life. You know, maybe yeah. <laughs> like, um, but the, what you're describing, the anxiety with um, like feeling dissociated, especially with your, the identity thing. Have you done like heavy, heavy meditation before? I did one of the places I went the second time I went to India, I did a seven day silence retreat. What the fuck, Monica? <laughs> I'd never, I had never meditated before I went to India. How was that? How was that? What was that like? <laughs> um, it was incredible. I've never experienced that level of focus before. Um, and it, I mean, we were completely like, I didn't, I didn't touch my phone. Um, yeah. And it was like different kinds of meditation, but I didn't speak the whole week. So like, and it was like, they would tell us, um, and also like I had three roommates, like we stay in, but just none of us spoke. Um, we would do like walking meditation, guided meditation. And they also said like, um, the teacher said, you don't have to be awake to have an awakening. So it was just like not judging yourself and you could just go to sleep. You could sleep all day on your like meditation cot, whatever you wanted to do. It was just about like not judging yourself. Um, and they said that, um, that they kind of warned us, like there's kind of stages that you go through in the silence and there'll be a day where you feel like really frustrated. Um, and I went through that and I talked to some friends afterwards and they talked about a day where they were feeling very like sexually frustrated. And I went through that too. Like I, I remember like, just being so fucking horny. And like, also I remember like staring at these two crows on the, on the site in this tree and being like, those crows are going to fuck and I'm going to watch them. (laughs) (laughs) 
God. How funny that even women, we even can't stand the sound of our own voices. We're like, oh, I didn't hear myself bitch for two days. And all I wanted to do was fuck myself. I've never been so horny as when I didn't hear myself talk about, are the dishes even loaded properly? <laughs> Just like in every man is like, yes, shut the fuck up. We love it. Wait, this, so... That actually sounds like an ideal roommate situation. You're like, okay, so yeah. you have roommates, no talking, love it, sleep all you want. Did you? Oh, and I, well, I mean, masturbating. But we had to be in the meditation hall, so we're we're sleeping like a foot away from each. Oh, other. so you can't even like jerk off. Um, I mean, I did in the shower house. <laughs> yes. Round of applause. How could you not for seven days? And you really, I mean. It's like a holy, pl- I mean, this one was a little less grounded in like, um, I mean, it was at an ashram. So it's, it's like a spiritual place, maybe not a religious place, but um, I mean, they didn't say it, but I, I got the feeling that masturbation was <laughs> not cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. First of all, we can't talk to each other, which already I'm horny. I wake up and my roommate's can't say, hey, good morning. It's like, sh- shut the fuck up. I haven't, I don't know eye contact until I um, have a bowel movement. That's like a hard yeah. rule I have in my life. <laughs> well, the, I mean, really, when you're in silence, you don't make eye contact with people. I feel like, unless, I mean, unless you're trying to communicate something, but otherwise you just kind of, you're, you don't make eye contact. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. You know what is it? Because that I think maybe is and I don't know if you noticed something similar. Well, you were in Missouri for all the pandemic, so I don't know if they like believed in COVID fully. But that's something that I did notice that with the face masks, when we started that, because oh, yeah. I was in New York when it all popped off. That was the one thing that was interesting. And I've noticed it since. When people have the, the face coverings on, you'd walk down the street and people were making a lot less eye contact. It's like when you're not talking to each other, you can't see. It was like a very weird, like this almost kind of like, well, if we can't talk, like it's just, just full isolation. I noticed that in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever I felt comfortable to start wearing my headphones all the time in public. Like that made it feel like it was okay. Like before, maybe I would have felt like rude having my headphones in, like listening to a podcast or music while I was at the grocery store, but something about having the mask on and you weren't making eye contact, it felt like this isn't rude for me just to be listening to something, you know, I might take them out at the, at the register, but now I'm still kind of in that habit to where I don't even take them out here at the register. Cause also like, they're not going to be speaking the language that I know. Yeah. I mean, if they're, if they're talking to me and I'm the other day, there's the woman at the register here was talking to me or she was looking at me and she was talking. And so I'm finally, I was on the phone and I'm like, hold on a minute. I take my AirPods out. I'm like, and then she keep, it was like this, there's always this just confusion all the time. I never know exactly what's going on. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to somebody else, looking straight at me, speaking Swedish so then I'm like, what, you know, and she's responding to me, probably saying, I'm not talking to you, <laughs> but, right. but I don't understand what she's saying. So oh I'm my God. Yeah. Well, no wonder you have anxiety. I mean, well, the reason I was asking <laughs> about the meditation thing, because a lot of times um, when I had this in the last year, when I was in St. Louis, because I met you like right at the tail end of living there, but I was like, it was like true I- isolation. Um, most of the time, just alone in an attic and just, you know, me and Danny and the cat. 
And then, you know, the occasional sugar daddy pop in, and that was like social interaction for yeah. an hour or two. But for the first like six months that I was there, it was like just so alone and doing a lot of the meditative stuff. And it was cool, but it was also to be kind of what you're going through now, which is like, I was away from everyone that I knew and my everything in New York. And obviously everyone with COVID, everyone was also just kind of like disconnected from things. I was just so like hyper disconnected that it went through like this, not identity crisis, but I think it's good to kind of like let go of your ego. And I don't mean, you know, you know what I mean when I say ego, I don't mean like, well, I got a big ego. Like the ego, like your perception of who you are and like this idea that we even exist not to get fucking too gnarly. Um, (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like when, cause when you start to dissociate and you realize, Oh, wait a minute. Like, like if you ever say your name over and over, like Monica, 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 you're like, what does that even mean? What is that? Like, I, you know, we think that we're like, no, I'm this person. I'm super important. But then it's like, well, but are you? And like, what even is existence? And like, you know who you are in relationship to your, your home life. And also, like you said, when you're traveling, you're Monica, but you're just kind of like, oh, I'm just zipping through and I got a flight back and this is crazy and I don't really understand the language, but like what a fun adventure we're having. And so that kind of works with the like, woo, and then you're home and you're like, okay, great. And now we'll save up for the next thing. But to be like living there. Yeah. And kind of where you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck. Like. Yeah. And then, and everything, everything is difficult, it feels like. And I, and I hate to like, you know, cause it's still very easy. Like I'm an American. I have like, so I feel bad, like bitching about it, but, um, there's no simple thing here for me. Like it, I don't know how anything works. And I didn't think it was going to be this difficult. Like I figured out how things work in India, like, mm-hmm. but here it's, um, you know, they don't really, they don't use cash. They use this app called swish and you have to have a personal number to, to use that app. And I can't have a personal number because I'm, I just have a student visa for a year. So it's just like that. I mean, that's one thing, but it's just like things like that all the time. Anytime I think like, oh, that'll be easy. I'll just, I'll just, you know, but it's not, there's so many extra steps. And then like you're on the website and it's only in Swedish. And then it's just like, um, so it just, and I, and I've thought kind of thought it was like an ADD thing, like that little things like that, things that aren't stimulating are really hard to get myself to do, to like get myself to figure it out. Um, so it's like the, even though those are little like logistical things, they feel like such a heavy burden. Oh yeah. Well, because it's your routine. You're so out of the routine of everything. Yeah. And it really is. It's, I mean, it's almost like a Kafka novel, what you're describing, you know, like you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, I have like my, these, I don't have arms and legs anymore. I'm, I have like weird cockroach kind of thing sticking out. It's like where you wake up and you're just like, okay. It's like the extreme version of waking up in India. Like, what are we going to see when we open the door? But every day, because yeah, because I mean, so with the website, like, are you just like copy and pasting and putting into like a Google translator? And yeah, sometimes I do that. I mean, Sometimes I just so I, throw my laptop at the one. I'm like, fuck this. Sometimes I just like that thing that I need to do. I just don't do it. <laughs> like I what kind of stuff have you, what kind of stuff have you, what do you, what do you feel like you need to do that you're putting off? I still haven't found a way to pay rent. Like I, the, 
the, so the first time I did it, I did it through PayPal and my roommate had to pay some like big fee to be able to take it out of, cause PayPal doesn't even work. And then, um, what, how are you paying then, for shit? Um, oh, so I have Apple pay, but I can't okay. pay my roommate rent with Apple pay, you know? So I'm trying to transfer the money. Um, and then, so then I was like, I'll just go, I'll just go to three different ATMs and take out. So then I, I did that. I was like, <laughs> that was a great day. I was going in the rain on my bike, trying to look for an ATM, find three different ATMs to take out the amount. I get home. I had started my period on my, on my cream colored bike seat. Oh, and, then, no. <laughs> and then I give my, my roommate said that she tried to take it to the bank. That Sweden is off cash. They don't want anything to do with cash. So she could, they gave her a hard time about accepting cash at the bank, at the bank. They, so now I'm trying to like find some other way to pay rent. That's wild. Yeah. The no cash thing I don't like, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'd never, I mean, I thought, cause you know, I thought I'm smart. I have the like Charles Schwab card that pays back your ATM fees. Like I'm not a novice traveler. I know what I'm doing. Oh, and by the way, in that card, which is like, just should work as a debit card. It also doesn't work anywhere. It like, I'm trying to pay for like things on the internet and that card won't even work. But yeah, the, it doesn't even. <laughs> so how are you like buying groceries? Like, what do you like? How, they how all does take Apple pay. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's, so cool. I got my Apple pay set up like after I got here, which I should have done years ago. Um, but it's just, um, everything seems is kind of a headache. And then, um, like I, I haven't gotten my migration, my per, like permit yet because I have to take a train uh, to a city an hour away. Um, I had to go there to get fingerprinted and photographed. And that was on the same day when I was looking for my, uh, for the ATMs. Oh uh, my But then God. after I finally go, I find the place. I couldn't figure out the bus system. So I just walked from the train station to the office. And then they're like, okay, um, so it'll be done in either a week to two weeks. We won't call you and let you know when the card's done and you have to come back here to get it. What the fuck is going like, on in Sweden? Is, is You know what? <laughs> Here's, I know how they like to be like, oh, Sweden, we're neutral. It's like, mm, you're neutral, not by choice. It's because no one fucks with that country. <laughs> Follow-up question. Uh, do we think that Sweden is one giant escape room? Because that's also fully what you're describing. We're like, you pay money to get to this program. They're like, for the people that live here, it's free, but you pay money, come to this thing. (laughs) I was like kind of joking, like, oh, you got trapped. But like, you are, if you need help, blink twice. (laughs) Because I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure they're recording whatever the fuck we're saying. (laughs) Maybe we can get the recording so we can do like a multi uh, camera shot for the video. This is intense. Well, no wonder you're having like fucking panic attacks. It's yeah. crazy. That's that's normal. Yeah. It's so normal. Anyone in your situation, you are being very calm and still <laughs> taking, like, and you're still going out and taking photos and stuff. Are you, like, how are you balancing out that anxiety? Like, what are you doing? I mean, it is kind of cool because you're like, oh, I can't pay rent. Oops. So you you have, like, money. <laughs> if you ever make it out of that country alive, you do have money yeah. um, left. But, like... How are you managing that? What are you doing to have some kind of balance? Because you're still going so whenever, to class. Whenever I was in the U.S., I really started leaning on weed like during quarantine to help with my anxiety. And I was really like 
found myself medication like sweet spot and it was great. So now, you know, like weed is illegal here. Um, and not only it's just illegal, it's not like illegal, like it is in Missouri, there is like social stigma. You don't know who is cool with it and who isn't. Cause there are people that are cool with it, but then also you kind of, you don't talk about it around people you don't know, because like, there are a lot of even young people that are not cool with it. Uh, so then that's like, oh, my medicine is now illegal and I can't even talk to people about it. Dude. <laughs> but I, fa- I mean, I found, I found my ways, right. um, but it's been affecting me very differently. And I don't know if it's, um, I've heard that it's much stronger here, but also I just don't know if it's my like state of mind, right. That I'm in right now. And I'm just, my anxiety is so high that it is not helping me anymore. It's making me worse. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of weed just because I, it does, like, my anxiety, it just goes straight through, through the roof. I personally yeah. don't like it. Um, maybe an edible if I have cramps, but I just am not a fan. And also, and I'm not trying to be the boss of you, but it's an interesting thing because it's like you're in a place right now that it's like you literally, everything you've described, and I, I thought like, oh, I'm being hyperbolic, but as you're, the more you describe, the more it's like, oh, no, no, this is pretty, like, spot on. All of your quote coping mechanisms and like survival skills, even something as simple as like being able to pay fucking rent, that's all like being stripped away from you. You can't communicate with people. Like all the things that you know, you said like you were you like, oh, I like I can get along with people and I can always, uh, there's always a way and whatever. Like there is still a way, but it's almost like because you've like, because you've, kind of already just like crushed it with the traveling and you're just like, boom, 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 easy, easy, easy. It's almost like if you were playing a video game and you're just like crushing every level, Sweden is like, okay, well, you think, okay, all right, all right. I know, see see if you can beat this level. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And it's like, oh, the one, you know, and now like the one thing to help you chill out, it's like, not only is it going to be difficult to find and people are going to be real weird about it, but when you do start taking your medicine again, uh, you're going to be even more anxious. And so it's like, fuck, I got to do this. Like just, just raw dog. How, what, how do we do this? It's not even how do we get out of the situation? But it's like, okay, so no, what's the game here? You're just like, you have completely just re-strategize how you're operating. Yeah. And I would say I'm have not figured it out yet. So as far as like what I'm doing, I I'm trying different things. I mean, I know, I know that I should be meditating more. Um, yeah, I have, I haven't found it. So I'm just kind of in a bad place. (laughs) Dude. And then on top of that, you know, my, my ex, I broke up with my ex two weeks in. Yes. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about that. Because this is, yeah. I, I think right now, this is like a good episode for people to listen to because it's like, how do we deal with shit? So whatever, because when you're describing like trying to get your papers or whatever kind of weird shit they need in Sweden, in Texas, I was like, mm, well, I'm not, I'm upset. But all my shit that I have to deal with here just put like, was put into a, a real nice perspective. Because Texas, <laughs> they're like, when you get here, you got to be a Texan and like, um, just the, the DMV to register the car here and get my license. They're doing appointments, which is nice, but because of COVID, everything's like very backed up and so many people are moving to Austin. And um, even like the the shows here, just the, the, the scene that I thought was going to be here, it's a little bit different. And so I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right. Not what I thought, but it's okay. We got to figure this out. There's a way to do this. 
We got to just yeah. calm down, just fucking chill out and like, <laughs> okay. What, what, it's like being in an escape room. It's, that's how, where you're like, okay, I thought this was the solution. This is not the solution. What yeah. else could there be? <laughs> like, you know, we're just kind of looking around. Um, but, but then you have to remind yourself, like, you, I put myself in this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this is something. So that's whenever I just feel a little bit guilty about like complaining or feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, no one forced me to move to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Like, this was something I thought was going to be really fun. Right. <laughs> and also, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, this is doable. But we just got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing like, with anything. And I like, thinking like, that it's like a phase. Um, and maybe, and I'm sure it is. Like, it's got to get easier. Uh, but I've been here two months. And I mean, I guess some things are easier. Some, I've figured some things out. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, I'm still struggling. <laughs> well, one of my favorite quotes, and this is, that's a Joan Rivers quote. I love you've probably heard this. Um, but it's, uh, it's, things don't get easier, you get better. Mm. And so that's, um, but I do, I love that quote. So it's like, you are just building you cause you have to build, uh, or you are building an entirely new set of skills right now. And so that causes anxiety. It's like when a kid, when you're like, um, baby, when they're like growing new teeth, when they're teething and they're just screaming in pain, and they're just, and, and, and it's like, what, there's nothing you can do, well, you know, cause your niece. So she went through that. Like when babies are, when they're teething they're and you wish you could tell them like, I know this hurts, but like, you need to grow these teeth so you can chew food. Like you, yeah. and, and they're in so much pain and you can't really communicate to them. And that's like, I mean, what you're doing right now, you're literally like your, your brain is growing in different ways. And so like there are growing pains yeah. and because it's your brain, that's also like where anxiety <laughs> starts. It's your brain and your nervous system. So as your brain is growing, it's like when we go through puberty, everyone loses their fucking mind because you're having all these hormone flux. And it's not like if you're, if you broke a bone and your bones were regrowing, you'd be like, Oh, I have pain in my joint. Or like, if you broke, you'd be like, Oh, I noticed sensation. But your, your brain is working to create new pathways, truly new problem solving pathways. And yeah. so it's lighting up your nervous system and your actual nerves. And so you're going to have panic attacks. Like that's normal, I think. Yeah. And that's, I was asking with meditation because when people describe like tripping, like d- doing DMT or like tripping on mushrooms or acid, whatever, they're, when they have kind of like these awakening moments, a lot of times that can be, uh, anxiety is associated with that because it's this sense of like, <gasps> I'm, I'm, I'm like, what's well, like, oh, we're all connected and that can be beautiful. But then it can also, the flip side of that is, oh my God, I'm not a unique special snowflake. And we're all kind of one orb moving around and all the things that I thought were important. And you can, when you start to lose your sense of identity, yeah, that can be really scary. You know, that like the, the, like the, the fracturing of your ego. Yeah. And I told you that I had a scary mushroom trip back in January and now that I've had a panic attack here and kind of have known what dissociating feels like, mm-hmm. I feel like what happened to me was not just a bad trip. I think I had a panic attack while I was tripping back in January. Interesting. So now describe that for people. Um, so what, cause I've never tripped on mushrooms. I've done micro doses where I get sparkly and uh, I'm really good at crowd work <laughs> cause you just yeah. get like super sharp. Um, and again, I'm not promoting the use of anything. 
But what was, what was your experience like on mushrooms in January? So I had uh, just taken mushrooms like three times before. And it was all with other people. Uh, the first time it was a lot, but it was like very, you know, someone is in charge. Like I, I was in a safe place. It was still like responsible, even though it was a lot. And then this time I got that just impulsive. There was something about me that day that was like very impulsive and also kind of strangely like spiritual. I had went out to my spiritual place and I had kind of, I don't know, I, I had felt something intense and then I went home and I just didn't use a scale and I just ate this huge mushroom by myself. I had no intention and I mean, I think a lot that you have to discuss when you talk about mushrooms and doing it responsibly, you have to have an intention when you go in. And I did not. I was just so irresponsible. And then I really like paid the price. Mm. So um, I ended up within 15 minutes, I was seeing visuals. I was walking down the street with uh, no shoes on in the rain. I went inside my neighbor's apartment Finally, my, my best friend Mackenzie came over and like kind of uh, trip sat for me. Thankfully, I was able to get a hold of her because I really couldn't operate my phone. Oh my um, it God. just looked like it looked like a bunch of um, layers of very vibrant icons, just like, and I thought I couldn't call anybody, but really I had called nine people. <laughs> but thankfully, Mackenzie picked up. She came over and she just like kept me safe for the next four or five hours. And like Good. just covered sharp corners with blankets. And she said, like, I, the next day I found out, I just, I pulled the internet out of the wall. All my blinds were fucked up. Um, she said I was scratching my tongue. My eyes were rolling back in my head. Um, and I, I experienced what I, I think was maybe ego death because I saw myself die. And I, I definitely, now that I, I was dissociative because I was outside of my body watching that. Um, and then the shame, like the shame just set in at one point and that didn't leave me for five days, just not being able to leave the bed. So like, I'm crazy now. I'm never coming back from this. Everyone's going to know I'm crazy now. Their re reality is never going to be reality again. Um, <laughs> mm. yeah, that's what it's like, you know what? fuck it. If I'm going to go be crazy, I'm going to go live on an island with a bunch of people <laughs> that I don't under, I don't understand what they're saying to me. They were all black. What's crazy, what's wild is now you're in a situation where like you don't have to be on a mushroom trip to feel crazy. Like your actual yeah. reality. So it's not, that's, I mean, I can see how that is disorienting because it's not like you, you're like, oh, I'm confused. Well, maybe I'm just on drugs and you're like, oh no, I'm fully sober. And like, I just, I'm, I chose to be here and like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. But yeah, the shame, dude, the shame after like, that's the biggest thing. And I know you learned that in the silence retreat is like the non-judgment. That's one of the biggest things I think is like, don't judge yourself, especially with a shame spiral, whether, whether, whether you like, you know, trip too hard on mushrooms or have a panic attack or feel weird or whatever. It's like, you just have to be like, I can't, the shame does not ever help. And it's a difficult thing, I think, to like get out of the habit of doing, but you just have to get out of the habit of being like, hey, whatever, I'm a human being, whatever. 
yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Like it happened. It's, I know. But so now, do you feel like similar? You said you felt like you had a panic attack. Well, you for sure, for sure, you for sure had a panic attack. You ripped the internet out of the wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that that's like more than a panic attack. But do you feel something similar? Like how many, have you had like, I know we're texting. Did you have like a full-blown panic attack? Like a, like a hardcore one in Sweden? Or how many have you had since you've been there? Um, so what I... Th- I didn't think of it as a panic attack when it was happening. Um, I was at a party uh, with classmates. I I didn't want to go. I was already feeling anxious. I shouldn't have made myself go. I should have listened to my body. But I went and I just thought like, I'm just going to take a walk out in the woods, smoke this joint by myself. And that'll like calm me down. (laughs) Even though I've already like not have good experiences with weed here. Um, so when I came back to the party, uh, then about maybe five minutes later, I like went into a dissociative state and I think I was there for probably an hour. What did that Um, feel like? Describe that. So if other people are like, I wonder if I've had that, like, what did it feel like to you? So I've been on zoom a lot for, for class, you know, parts of school. And, um, it felt like I was on zoom, like watching, the party and it's like, oh, well, my camera's off. My mute is on, you know, my mute, my microphone's off. No one will interact. Like I can't be seen, but then people were interacting with me and I couldn't respond. I just, and then at times I would, when I could get myself to say something to them, this is the fucked up thing. They, I wasn't hearing my voice the way I hear it in my head. I was hearing my recorded voice. Like when you send a voice message or something and when you hear it, it's like, oh, that's shot. Like whenever you edit your podcast, I'm sure it took some getting used to, to hear your recorded voice, Mm -hmm. because when you're not hearing that reverberation in your skull, your voice sounds different. So it's like, it's a strange feeling because it's like, I can recognize that's me, but that doesn't sound like what I'm used to hearing. And that's the voice I was hearing when I was, when I finally could reach out to my classmates And then there were just times where they were talking to me and I, it's almost like I couldn't hear them. The words were not registering. Um, Like I couldn't focus even on the words. So then I would say like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know how to respond. I can't respond or I don't know how to respond. And then at times I told them like, I didn't know what else to do. Like I knew that I wasn't just high. I've, I've smoked a lot. I knew that's not what I was experiencing, but right. that was the only context that I could think to tell them about what, why I was being weird. Um, but then I had to deal with the shame of when I told young people, like, I'm just, I'm too high right now. They would say, oh, I've never smoked before. And then this like social judgment of like, even though everybody's drunk in the room, right? I, what I'm doing is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, you know, and also I had left the party <laughs> by myself, went out in the, like, that's not usually, I think, how people smoke weed. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> but that, you know, I, I started to do it, like, dur- during quarantine. I'm used, to, it's not a party thing for me. It's like my little personal ritual thing that makes me feel better that I do by myself. Right. So whenever I came back to the party, these guys were sitting outside, my classmates, and they were like, oh, where did you go? And I was like, uh, I took a phone call and, and they were like, oh, and then it was just so, and I was like, 
I'm, it's strange. I don't usually have to tell people where I'm going. <laughs> like I felt so right. strange that they were questioning. Uh, so I think well, it was just you are heavy part paranoia. Of, yeah, you are part of a cult. Um, yeah. I mean, it's already, <laughs> and how difficult is it to like not be paranoid? Again, just what you're describing, like being in such a strange place and when they're all wearing black and they're speaking, you know, like- <laughs> They don't, don't always- <laughs> They don't always I'm, wear black. But. I'm fully picturing like the Matrix. I'm picturing everyone in all black with like dyed blonde platinum hair. No, no, no. Um, but I do think it's much more acceptable here to wear like fully black. <laughs> like there's a lot of just neutrals and solids and not much color in general. I but love it. You're now, now I, I want to do it. Too. It, gives, it yeah. gives me the go ahead. I only want to wear black anyway. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, I'm not going to look strange if I just wear black head to toe every day. Yeah, it's nice. You're just like, oh, we're all kind of weirdly like depressed, but like cool with it. Got it. Love it. Well, the thing with like the paranoia, because I've had, it wasn't like dissociative, but especially like with what you're going through and, and again, do your own research on this. But if you just look up, so with the bipolar and just the way that the, the brain chemistry works, when you have a lot of extra dopamine and serotonin, um, like moving here, like um, to Austin. So I, to go from like nothing, it, like in, in St. Louis where it was very, I was just kind of alone and it was like every day. It's so funny looking back at like the TikToks I shot there. I look and people are like, oh, I was on some show and they were playing videos and they were like, this is really funny. And I had like a PTSD almost flashback where I was like, everything I shot in that attic, even though it appeared, even like the podcast that I did with my friends and when I do stuff, I think it's like, I would take so much of my energy every day to be like, okay, smile, put on makeup and like be sassy and be funny. It would be like the whole first like three or four minutes of the reel of the video rolling is me just like <sighs> deep breathing and just like looking so fucking depressed, like a, like, like a hostage situation. And then it would like, <sighs> and then I'm like, you know what fucking men, but it's like this wild. So to go from that to being in Austin where I have like so much stimulation and I have our car. Thank you. But it's like to have a car and even even to get in the car and like drive the car is so much stimulation for me. Yeah. But it's to re it's kind of, it's similar to what you're, we're going through kind of a similar thing right now where we're just like relearning or you you are learning new things. I'm relearning shit where it's just like, it's so, so, so much. And when you have a lot of dopamine and serotonin like that, if there's not a balance or a downtime, the um, the same kind of energy that makes us go like, oh, we're gonna let's go on a trip. Let's take. I saw this picture on Instagram. Let's save our. Let's go on a hike. Let's go on a 16 day hike in, in a foreign country. While that can be cool, the other side is it can flip to paranoia. Especially, I think it's um, I think it's serotonin is the one. There have been studies that like women in their, once they, they um, hit menopause, women in their 50s and 60s, I'll send you the article. I, it was in New York Magazine, I think a few years ago, I saw it. And there are women that once they hit menopause, they're exhibiting um, signs of mild schizophrenia, where they're really paranoid and they're starting to hear voices and kind of dissociative things. And that's because estrogen, get ready, gentlemen, PMS is real, <laughs> estrogen I believe um, blocks serotonin and dopamine. I'm probably fucking these those up, but it's one of those two, or possibly both. But seroton- or, but estrogen blocks that. So that's like right before we start our periods, we have a flood of estrogen. We get really depressed and we're lethargic and we're sad. Well, those chemicals um, that so like when women, my mom kind of had this. 
And I hope she, if you're listening, I love you. But, and the reason I can tell is because as she, once she like got closer to menopause in the last couple of years, when I talked to her on the phone, she was always very calm and chill. When I talked to her, she sounds like the way that I talk when I'm a little manic, which is really quickly, very pressured speech, very intense. Everything's like, she just will, it's like, and I'm like, whoa, it sounds like I'm talking to myself. And I'm like, click, hang up, hang up, hang up. I don't, this, I don't like this. (laughs) But that's, so you, these women, once they hit menopause, their estrogen drops and this, the chemicals that have been suppressed kind of pop up. And so they're having this like a lot more, like it's like aggression and paranoia. And I had, um, I've been note, but I've, I know that about myself now. So like here I'll be like, I'll go and do something. I don't drink when I go out cause I'm driving and I, and I drive, it's just like 10 and two and it's so much stimulation, <laughs> but just to be around people, the first dude, the first like week I was here and I was around people that I knew I would go to shows and completely stone cold sober. I was so overwhelmed by all the stimulation that it was like what you're describing at the party. I almost couldn't make words. Yeah. And when I would talk, even now, I'm noticing it now, but I have to just be like, not judge myself for it and be like, it is, if it happens, whatever. But like, I'll find myself stuttering and I can't find words that I need. Mm-hmm. Just so much stimulation. And I was talking with my friend, um, we were chatting like over text, uh, comedian Nicole Amy Schreiber, and she's, so fucking funny, but we were talking about a lot of comedians are going through that where we get on stage and just like, we're like, we forgot how to talk and we are stammering and stuttering, which is something we don't do. Maybe socially we might a little bit, but like, it's just so much. And so those chemicals can like impede again. It's as if you're on fucking Molly and Coke. And so you're like, and your mind just goes blank. Yes. And you kind of like, I I mean, I was taught, and I think people, I was just like drinking water walking around, I'd go on stage, put all my energy, get on stage. And I walk off stage and people were like, Hey, and I just, I felt like I was in like a dream and it was just faces coming at me. I felt like I was on drugs and I was like, I'm not, I'm just so overwhelmed with all yeah. this. And the, the tricky thing, and especially with, um, the bipolar with mania, it goes, if you don't keep it in check, if we keep going, this is great. I'll just keep staying up and keep not eating and keep doing push-ups and let the good chemicals flow. That tips into paranoia real quickly, where the faces where you're like, oh, this is a lot. And then if I like, I know I can feel it in myself. If I'm out like publicly for too long and around a lot of people, I'll be like having fun, having fun, having fun. And then there'll be a click and it's almost like a light switch. And it goes from colors to gray. And all the faces that are my friends, my friend, they like will morph. It's when people describe drugs to me, I'm like, that's my normal brain. If I'm like overly stimulated for too long in normal life, like faces change and they kind of look like they're morphing. And it's like, oh, these people are judging me. These people are, I had once a period, there were a couple different times and and it was just, it's always when things are going really well. And then there's a tipping point. So I've learned like your meditation teacher, where it's like, if you want to sleep, take a nap lay down. If you don't want to go to a thing, don't go. Like trust your instinct. If you feel like I'm, I've had enough, don't ever like force yourself to do it as you experience. Cause it's like, it's not, it's going to yeah. be shitty. And I know the idea of like, well, you can change a thought you can, but also like 
you you can tell the difference between like if you're just like purposely being I don't want to go I don't want to go nobody likes me and it's like well you're just being a brat but if your gut if your instinct is like your body shaking and you're like I I don't want to go I don't want to go it's like then don't trust your instincts don't go it was yeah it was on a Friday after a week of extremely like bear snake mosquito yeah. And there, there's no break at school because even during lunch, you feel like you have to be with your, like you want to be with your classmate. Like you're supposed to, it's, it's this feeling of like, this is your network. They're like, this is your network. You should, you know, utilize these people, get to know these people, work on projects with them outside of school, uh, collab- collaborate. Think So like, even though I would love to just go up to the roof and sit by myself during lunch, I, ha- I feel this like pressure to always be engaged, like engaged and yeah. So, have, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, here's what I was going to say is have you ever shared that in like a class discussion, that feeling of the pressure to be engaged? Um, I think that I've, I've talked to them about how like, I have to make myself like, like my instinct is that, and I've just kind of been thinking, I'm just, I'm really introverted, which I I've never really thought of myself as like super. I mean, I recharge my batteries. I feel like from being alone. So that makes me introverted, but in a lot of ways I'm very extroverted, but ever since I've been here, I feel like the most introverted introvert. Um, and it's just because so much energy is it takes so much energy and then on the weekends like friday afternoon every friday they want to get together and have drinks Jesus. and then like on sat like today today's saturday like i i had to turn down a couple classmates who wanted to like go to a um, museum today and i'm like i really need i need a whole i need a full weekend mm-hmm. i need a full weekend with nobody you just gotta do nothing and just chill out honestly i think you should bring that up in some kind of uh i know there's no structure and there's no teacher and you guys are just like <laughs> just kind of like taking naps and like <laughs> like and then doing like actual work for companies so uh, that's something i would say to like bring that up because if they're the first day like draw a shape about your childhood trauma it's like okay well how about let's go to the basics i need a fucking break from you people and <laughs> Cause that, if any place, that's the place it's going to get it. And you just be like, you know, if they do some kind of a sharing thing or whatever, or maybe you can just, if there's no structure, just stand up and say it. You want to talk about having a little bit of, and I bet, I bet if you were to say something and be like, what you just said to me, which is like, look, I like being here. This is overwhelming for me. I, I feel like I'm losing, I've lost a lot of my sense of self. And I feel like there's pressure to constantly engage and for me, I'm, I'm running on empty and I need to recharge my batteries by being alone. And yeah. so like, you know, but then, and you say, but I'm afraid of being judged. And I, you know, and, and you would just be like, I just feel really overwhelmed. And so like at lunch, say even at lunchtime, at lunchtime, I would like, is it going to be a problem if at lunchtime I go sit on the roof by myself and be like, I'd like to do that, but I'm afraid if I do that. I'm going to be like the the weird one. I already feel fucking weird because I don't speak the language. I can't pay my goddamn rent. You know, <laughs> no well, one calls you when your paperwork is ready. You just have to show up at a building and be like, <laughs> is it ready yet? Nope, great. I'm going to go for a fucking hour back home. Like if you were to just say that in like a very kind of Michael Douglas falling down kind of way, like <laughs> no weapons, but 
you know. I feel like I have to, it's been a practice in like drawing boundaries, which I have had a hard time with, but just like, I'm not like, I haven't gone out with the class since that party. And I'm not going, maybe I'll go to the Halloween party, maybe, but I'm not doing the Friday night thing. And, and also it's like, whenever I'm one-on-one with a person or even like in a group of three, I, I get energy from that, that like connection and the like, but in a group setting, it just drains me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just started saying no, but I did see, um, I saw a therapist, like a friend of a friend. I already had um, a meeting set up with him for the day after that, um, after that class party, whenever I had that experience. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him the next day and I wasn't even thinking about bringing that up. Um, And I just was talking to him about my increased anxiety and maybe that I should get tested for ADD. And I, I mentioned the, and I didn't want to mention the, the experience because I thought, well, I was smoking. So like you, you can't, you know, anybody who would hear me talk about it would be like, Oh, well you just got too high, even though I know what that feels like. Um, but I trust me, I'm a fucking (laughs) drug addict. So I know that I know weed's not a drug. People that smoke weed love to say it's not a drug. Um, So I, um, I told him about it and he was like, Monica, that is, um, a dissociative experience. That is a panic attack. That is like someone who has panic attacks might only have one that bad three or four times in their life. And he was like, I'm really surprised that you're able to be out of bed right now. He was like, you're going to be exhausted for four or five days. And I mean, I had set my alarm that morning to wake up. Like I set my alarm on the weekends, even after that, but that gave me like permission to like the next day I I slept for 14 hours straight. Um, But it also felt good to be told like, that was a pain, like that was, and he said that panic attacks usually last five or 10 minutes. Like it feels like it lasts much longer than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said that because I was, I had smoked that can make it last a very long time. Mm. Um, So that like validation made me feel at least a lot better. Like, okay. Cause I just thought I'm high and I am just, I'm just weird. Like I'm having this really, but he also said, he said that people that whenever they're interacting with someone who is dissociative, that it's like interacting with a ghost. But I wasn't, I was completely aware of what was going on. I couldn't control it. And I couldn't maybe understand what someone was saying, but I was so aware of how they were seeing me. And I was like looking through them as they're talking directly through me, directly to me, I'm looking through them and I'm seeing their reaction to how I'm behaving. <laughs> and that was very wild to, to be so aware of that. It's yeah. see how you're coming off. Uh-huh. It's a crazy, well, I was talking to my friend Christina about this when she was here in Austin, we're talking about this, um, like when your brain's really open. So, and some people I think are naturally kind of their brain is just more open to things. So they don't need to meditate or like take um, hallucinogenics to kind of get to that level where anything, what's like strong intuition or like some kind of a psychic thing, something where you're just like in tune with shit on a little bit of like a different wavelength. And I think you and I like are kind of just, even the way that we met, which sounds really dumb, but it's like, 
I feel like there are certain people that you meet and you're like, oh, we're on a similar wavelength where you're just like, and so it's cool in a lot of ways, but then it can, it can, you can be like open, that open to be like that, where you're like, okay, I'm, you're, while you're experiencing life, you're also aware that maybe it's like, oh, maybe this is nothing. Maybe this is something that's happened before. And like, I'm not even really me because I'm out of my body and I'm like watching them and this, and you start to feel this weird it's like the like the dark side of like, oh, we're all connected, like I was saying earlier, where you're like, oh, we're all connected. It's like, oh, so I'm talking, but I'm actually like experiencing their experience of watching me and like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I had not that, but a couple of times. And again, this is like, uh, and I was stone cold sober. This was times where like I, my mania, everything I felt like, but it, I had this weird sensation. It it went into paranoia. Um, and it wasn't even panic attacks. It was like I believed that um and I, it was I I still have not watched the Truman show. Like I know the premise of it, and I won't watch it specifically because like I watched a few minutes of it, maybe like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm over it. But I, like this has happened multiple times in my life where I just clicked in and I was like, oh, like I'm in a movie and there are cameras falling, cameras following me and like friends that I'd known for a long time, I would like see in person. They'd be like, hey, Wendy. And I would like see a neighbor as I walked down the street and they'd be like, hey, and wave at me. And I would just be like, these people are fucking, these are actors. These are, I don't, this is not a real person. I'm just like, like you said, I would like look through them. Yeah. And I remember my friend called me, a girl I've been friends for years. And she was like, hey, and we used to talk once a week. And I, we were on the phone and I was like, yeah, I'm just like feeling really weird lately. Like I just, and I know it's not, true but I just have like a weird feeling that like everyone's like a like a paid actor it's very weird or like Mm -hmm. and she was like huh that's not I mean you should go see someone about that and my brain I've I've clearly saw her having this conversation with me like in a room surrounded by people dressed like they work a fucking hyper island right just a bunch of like agents (laughs) in suits recording this call and I remember I freaked out and I was just was like She's being recorded right now. And I was, again, it wasn't in like a paranoid state. I was working two jobs. I was doing stand-up at night. This was in LA. So I was like fully functioning and getting a lot of shit done. I had, my car was paid off. I had my own apartment. It wasn't like a homeless person on the street doing drugs. I would just was like, your brain can just sometimes like click and go over to this other side if you don't do things like sleep when you feel tired. If you don't want to go to, even though it sounds dumb, but it's like truly rest and especially the panic attack thing that's something huge oh I in Austin I've been like where I like do an activity one day or go out but I'm purposely pacing myself so I don't burn out I'm like okay because it all kind of stacked up in the month right like meeting you like before I met you was when like with helium when I was like I got the I got the record deal. I got this apartment and then I met you and um, got your car. That happened in like, I think, no, I think like a six day period of time. Everything just went like boom, boom, boom. And um, I was like, okay. But it's like when shit's going well and just a lot of new cool things are happening, it's where a lot of people will be like, why are you stressed out? Look at this is fucking cool. And like, why are you, you know, it's like, Hey, you're in Sweden. This is the thing you want to do. You've been saving money. You should be excited. It's like, I am, but also give me a fucking minute. Yeah. Let me, re- I got to relax. Cause if you don't let yourself relax, it just spirals into this thing. And I and was then- in, I mean, everything that was happening in St. Louis before I left 
was like just feeding me like I just felt like I was just like a a ball of energy and good things happening and connections and I mean just like meeting you and like having this big going away party and just like making sure I see everyone I you know even even if I'm not that close with them if I felt like I had a connection with that person just like spending quality time with them before I left and just and then like being super in love and all of these good, 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 good things, all of the stimulation. And then I land in, in Stockholm and just everything crumbles. So now <laughs> what I feel like I, I kind of felt like, oh, I'm, I'm finally the person that I have been, this is my final form. Like I've, I've manifested all of this good and everything felt so wonderful and then I show up in Sweden and it that's, Oh, jokes on you. That wasn't, that was a facade. This is who you really are. Do you <laughs> know what? Dark and depressing and isolated. And yeah. Can I tell you this? Cause I, what you're describing is exactly how I felt right before COVID hit. I was in New York. I was dating this guy. He worked on Broadway. Super. So he's like, he, and he does the coolest shit. We're still friends but we were dating and like the documentaries coming out and I was like, the show was selling out every month and I was like working at clubs and I'm like, this is fu- the same. Like this was my final form. And then it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's just like, and then I'm in St. Louis in an attic and I was just like, okay, you, all of the shit that you had, your it's like, it's almost where it's like Samson, you know, like where they cut your hair or they cut his hair where it's like, okay, also now all your fucking coping mechanisms, those are gone, gone. So it's like, so now for the last year in St. Louis, it felt like I was like at the bottom, exactly what you're going through now, which is where it's like, cool, cool, cool. Wait, okay, no, okay, I can deal with that. A breakup or I can, okay, everyone at the pandemic, everyone's going through that, that, that. And then it's like, boom, 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 boom. I go to St. Louis and like, I've talked about this in other episodes, so I don't, but the one person I knew in St. Louis, we did a podcast together, two months into moving there that friendship imploded. And then the one creative outlet that I had that was solid, that had a fan base that was making a little bit of money. And it was like a two time a week, like a scheduling thing. So now I was like, I literally have nothing planned. Like you don't have a schedule. I mean, you have to show up, but like, there's not, there's not a lot of structure in your day there. So it's like, you're going through like almost identically what I went through last year. And it was like every day. That's why I was like, I'm giving you this meditation book and I would just read it every day. And it's like, at least focus on this. Just focus yeah. on your fucking breathing. If nothing else, it's like, and it really does, because what you're describing, and this is, and whether or not this works for you, because again, you can look at it, life is kind of however you choose to look at it. But when I was in St. Louis, I remember I was thinking like, okay, all right, you don't have your comedian friends to, with whom to collaborate. You can't go out to a show for a dopamine hit. You've got to write jokes and do it. So it's like, and... I don't like looking at my face. I hate the sound of my fucking voice. And I had to do all the editing for everything. So it was just to be confronted with myself and be like, you have to get over all that. You got to get over all this. So you're like being confronted with like the big like blocks. And then I quit fucking drinking for six months. And it was like to not, and it's like, okay, so now you don't have all these little dopamine hits. You can't go and like, I'm going to stand up because you get to go and hang out with your friends and tell a joke on stage the night that you think of it. And get people to laugh at you. It's like, you have to write a new joke, a new series of jokes that you cannot test out, record it in silence in your phone in a fucking attic and like what feels like a depression chamber 
somehow and then be like, I hope this fucking is funny. I can't test this out on anyone. And and like and then have strangers on the internet just scream at you and call you an old disgusting cunt. And you have to be like, oh, and I'm not drinking. And so I'm just like taking it all on full. It's but the way that I kind of started to look at it, and I think you're in the same position right now, is like again, the, the video game analogy. I cannot stress this enough. Like you said, I believe that you were like where in your final form or like everything was like, you're just killing it. And it was like, well, this is too easy. You already figured out how to play this game. You've already beat this game. You're beating it every time you play. You're just beating every time you play. And so it's like, okay, great. Yeah. Move to Sweden here. You think you're such a fucking hot shot. Boom. Try this level. And you're like, like, if you weren't capable of and like good enough of a player and I hate to always use this fucking weird simulation analogies but it's just the way that my brain works it's how I, a lot of people choose to believe in God and Jesus holding their hand and carrying them on the beach or whatever I, I'm like this is a video game great <laughs> I can I understand a game I understand game theory yeah but that's what it feels like it's like you're so good at everything else that it's like okay try this and so you just it is gonna you you have you're literally learning a whole new set of everything and you almost say that there was there was one really pot like cool side effect of having that dissociative experience at that party so i've had to do some voiceover stuff for projects at school oh cool and and i've been trying to become better like not being so shook hearing my own voice And the first project I did, it was really hard. And it was only a three-minute voiceover. It took me probably four hours to get it to where I liked it. And it was so hard hearing my voice. And after that experience, I did a voiceover thing for another project um, just last week. And I sat there and was completely subjective in the editing, hearing my voice. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm trying, like trying to look at it as like, well, maybe that was something that needed to happen. Oh, for sure. Well, and that's, and this sounds kind of silly maybe to a lot of people, but maybe not people that are listening to this, but like anytime (laughs) something where you go like, this is awful. It's like, for whatever reason, this has got to happen to get to the next thing. And you don't know why. No idea why. Like the analogy that I always give is when my mom left when I was a kid, that was awful. But if my mom had not left us, she truly just like was gone one morning and disappeared for a year. Um, my dad would never have met his second wife and I wouldn't, he would not have adopted who's now my sister. Who like, I, I, she's one of my best friends and like her kids, I love her kids. And the other analogy always is like my cat, when we've moved a lot and I have to put him in his little suitcase. Yeah. He just cries and screams and cries and he's like... <gasps> And we were living in this like apartment in Brooklyn where the woman, the roommate would like get drunk and hit him with a broom and shit when I was gone. And we got this apartment on the Upper East Side. And I can remember like, it was a mad rush. I got the apartment, the woman was gone and my friend, and I just was like shoved him into this thing. And he's a big boy. He's tall and strong. And he, so it's a, it's a tight fit. But the whole time we're in the car, it was like a 25 minute drive. He's just like panting and crying and yelling and free. I can hear his heart coming. And I had to be like, I know you don't understand what's happening. I know you don't even understand the words I'm saying right now. But I was like, we have to do this 
to we have we're going to a better place. We ha- mm-hmm. I know it's, and I I remember saying to him I was like I know it's dark and it's scary and you don't understand. And as I was saying that to him on the car ride, my brain was like, "Bitch, you need to say this to yourself every yeah. time you get stressed out. Every time you think fucking fuck this." And then I started crying while I was petting him because I was like, <laughs> "I need to hear this." Yeah. So many people need to hear this. It's like you're learning whatever you you're like and you're smart enough to know that you're just picking up essentially again, like if it was a new video game, you're just like, okay, well, all the old weapons and all the armor and shit that you built up, it's like, well, we're playing a whole different game now. So that doesn't really, the credits you had from the other one doesn't matter. So you're like, yeah. God damn it. I got to find like a new machete. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it still hasn't gotten to the point where when I'm in the moment, I can remind myself of that mm-hmm. when you're in it it's really hard to tell yourself like, I'm going to be in a better place. This is all going to be for a reason, you know, because whenever you act so impulsively and you're not guided by anything except for this, you know, spiritual force that you've kind of decided to, to believe in um, and you're just looking for signs and you're, then it's, it's kind of easy to be like, fuck, is this even where I'm supposed to be? Or did I just like read a sign that wasn't really there? Like I just made it up and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I something that I always, uh, that I started um, saying to myself, and this is something that I, and I try and I believe it, like somebody's like, well, if I'm not supposed to be here, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. This idea of like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. It's like, how the fuck do you know what's supposed to happen? You have no idea. You have no idea what is going to happen, you know, when I worked on the cruise ship. As a personal trainer, before I ever did stand-up, I got on and I was like, oh, I'm going to be training people. And it was like, oh, you have to give lectures that last 30 to 45 minutes about detox. And you're doing this fucking every night of the week, sometimes at lunch. You're normally like morning in the afternoon. You're giving these lectures to a room full of strangers on a boat from all over the world that don't know each other. And you have to think of like creative science to get them into the gym and like give them this lecture and then get them to sign up for body fat test and then be like, and then also detox. Now the detox stuff does actually work, but it's just, it's like, I'm like, oh, this is like a sales is a scam. And I was like, this, what the, f-? I came here to train, not getting paid. This is a whole fucking scam. And then while I was on what a break. What kind of cruise was this? This was every cruise ship. Con- they're trying ship. to convince people to detox on a cruise? Oh yeah. This is, that's like what the trainers do. Because, and and it works, you wouldn't think it works, but a lot of people go on a cruise and they're so gluttonous that they will, they, they binge eat at the buffet at night and then they're like, hey, do you want to, you want to know how to get rid of belly fat? It's not exercise. It's cleaning out your liver with these pills. And so people are like, wow, yeah, great. I would love to take a pill okay. instead of workout. So you, but it's, you have to be creative with kind of like the marketing and you're writing on these. And I remember being like this, I do not see the purpose in this. And um, you're teaching classes for people and they're from like all over like the world and uh, like different country. And it's like, and you're, and it was, I remember just being like, this is not what I signed up for. And then I was on a break um, waiting to get back on. I was like, am I going to get back on another tour uh, of the cruise and maybe join like the event staff or something where it's not hard sales. And I can just kind of do that. Cause at that point I really didn't know what I was going to do. I owned a gym and was dating a guy that was a record producer and I just, I left everything, a very successful career in like a fucking two-story condo on the beach in Southern California. Um, and wow. I just was like, but my instincts, I was like, I don't know. I'm not happy. I don't know what, but this is not it. I can tell this is not it for me. And I got to bounce. 
I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't be here. But so that thing, but again, where in life where you're like, this is sucks. I remember on the cruise ship, I was like, this, uh, this is the worst. I, I, I fucked up. I made a mistake. I'm giving these lectures. Well, then on the break between getting on a cruise ship was when I was at a bar in Florida where my parents lived at the time. And I was just staying at their place to try to get back on a ship. And I was in a bar having a beer, talking shit to the bartender and some chick next to me. And there was a stand-up show happening unbeknownst to me. You saw the documentary. That's like really how I first did stand-up. All the comedians were late. And the guy was like, hey, well, there's a show. And I, aren't you a comedian? And they thought I was because I didn't know anyone. And I was running my mouth and I lied. And I was like, oh, I mean, I am, but I haven't done it in a long time. So I won't be funny. I'd never fucking a stand-up in my life. And so I just went up and started talking shit to people. And other comics showed up. And one of the people who was there was one of the scouts for the South Florida improv chain. And he followed me to multiple open mics after that. I went on to say, I had a great set I killed. And I was like, I canceled my cruise ship contract. Well, then once I... I got a book on joke structure. And once I realized like what standup was, I was like, oh, you're doing a set is, and I remember being like, oh, this is so, I've just been doing this for nine months on a ship, standing yeah. in front of strangers, talking for 30 to 45 minutes, saying the same thing over and over yeah. and doing crowd work with them. What, but so I was like, but it took, a year later, and then I was like, oh, that's why I did that thing on the cruise ship. Now it makes yeah. sense. In hindsight, you're like, well, now I can see why I went through that fucking awful experience where I was like, what is the, what could possibly be the purpose of this? Yeah. You know, but a lot of times, uh, and so like, but it is hard in the moment. Yeah. It's just something that I've started telling myself is like, even when something, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be here for whatever. This is, I, I don't question whether or not I'm supposed to be doing anything. I'm like, well, I'm here. Yeah. It doesn't really do any good to question, well, is this the right decision? Well, you're here, so who cares how you got there? Yeah. You know, it's like if somebody, like, if somebody, like, dropped, a, well, you know, because you've worked in food service. If someone dropped a glass on the floor and no one really knew, people were running around the kitchen, right? Or people are running around, and there's broken glass on the floor. You would just clean it up. You wouldn't be like, who dropped this? You'd be like, I don't know, we're all no, running around, someone knocked matter. it over. You wouldn't yeah. be like, just, you would just clean it up and just move on. You wouldn't yeah. be like, no, 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 stop everything. Who did It's like, while you're trying to figure out what caused it, people are, we're cutting our feet. We're hurting ourselves yeah. on the glass. It's like, it doesn't matter what, how it, it happened. So deal with this now. And the other thing that I really started to myself that I fucking love, and I'm proud because it's like not a mantra that I read from someone else. <laughs> but I just, anytime something happens and it sucks, or even a panic attack, or whatever it is, I go like, this is happening and it's okay. Like, this is what's happening and it's okay. It just immediately accept it. Yeah. And, and I apply that even to like emotions, like you're saying, like, even if in the moment, like a breakup where something happens and you just have, you flip out and you're crying uncontrollably and you're like, I want to fucking kill myself. I feel dumb. Even then I'll be like, like, don't judge that. Yeah. Just be like, if I'm like uncontrollably crying and it's just like, I can't even breathe. And it's like, I feel like I've made every wrong decision. I'm a fucking terrible person. You go like, okay, this is, this is what's happening. And it's okay. You're sad and that's okay. So go be sad. Yeah. Feel those feelings, do it. It's okay. And that just to take that off, that pressure off of yourself, 
at least for me, just helps to kind of like pressure release. Yeah. It's like, hey, great. This is what's happening. You know, I've, I'm in Sweden and like <laughs> fucking not stoked about it. <laughs> I feel like I lost all my superpowers and I have to start over and that's okay. Okay. All right. You know? Yeah. Um, well, in the breakup thing too, do you want to talk about that? Because that's like, yeah. what? so what happened with that? Tell everyone, this is fucking wild. So again, right before Monica leaves, everything's popping off. And I remember when I met yeah. you and you were like, I met this great guy and like, I think he's like the one and I, you were like meditating about like finding a good partner and you're like, and it worked and I found this fucking guy. And like, yeah. So I, uh, before I met him, I, you know, well, I had a long string of just guys that I didn't feel like respected me or like, you know, they're, they're not ready for something or just like playing a lot of games, making me feel like a piece of shit. And, um, there were two different guys and I kind of just went through, it was two different days. Like I cut one of them out, like I deserve better than this. And then the next day I was talking to a friend about the other one and he was like, cut him out too. Do the same thing for both. And I was like, okay. So I like told him like, I deserve better than this. I'm, I'm done. I don't feel comfortable with this arrangement that we have. And then the next day I met this guy on a dating app. Like he started talking to me and it was like, he, I didn't have any anxiety over the communication. He just, uh, he reached out to me a lot. And then we connected very quickly and, um, you know, so about um, maybe three weeks in, and I met him in January of 2021, so not even a year ago, um, about three weeks in, I was uh, talking to a friend and telling her, like, I, th- I think I like, I might like love this guy. And I showed her a picture of him. And then the next day she called me and she was like, hey, I just want to, I hate to have to tell you this, but he sent me a message on a dating app. And I was like, what? I, I couldn't believe it at all. But also we hadn't discussed what we are. We hadn't discussed exclusivity. It was still very new. So I talked to him. I called him immediately and asked him about it. And he was like, yeah, I did. I did. Like, um, you know, I know you're you're going to Sweden. And, you know, I thought you didn't want me to kind of depend on you. Or I thought this was kind of casual. And then I was like, okay. I mean... Yeah, we hadn't discussed it. And it is kind of gray area there when you like first start seeing someone. So he said he deleted the app and I never mentioned again. I never held it over his head, never brought it up, just completely got over it. And I was like really proud of myself. I don't think I'd ever done that before and like completely let it go. And then um, so at that time, he said, you know, I don't you know, I can't make any promises after you go to Sweden. And I was like, I can't either. I don't know. I don't probably, I'm not wanting to have a long distance relationship, but I was like, do you want to just give it a go? Like, see, see what turns out in the next seven months. And he said like, good. Yeah. And then we just kept getting more and more serious. And then we discussed like, okay, we're just going to do this, you know, and you'll come to visit as often as you can. And then after I'm done with school, I mean, my program's 11 months. It's not that long. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I have to do an internship, but I have to find it myself and I can do it anywhere. I could do it back in the States. So my only requirement was I don't want to live in St. Louis anymore. And not just because 
I want something new. I want an adventure. So I was like, just relocate. Like, cause he's not, he's not from St. Louis and he's wanting to leave too. So he was going to relocate. Um, and I was like, just, you know, pick a big city and I don't care. Like I I'm okay. I'm open to anything. So that was how we left things. And like, whenever he brought me to the airport two months ago, I mean, we just were crying both of us. And like, he was like, I'm going to come visit you. And I was like, are you sure? Like, can we handle the, the space? And he was like, yes, I, we can do this. And then, and it was like, I felt, I felt a distance immediately when I got on the plane and not mm. like a distance that would, it was like more of a distance than whenever I had been away from him. You know, if I, you know, went on a trip or something and didn't see him for a week, it was like immediate it felt like the tether had been cut, but I'm like, maybe I just have to adjust. Maybe I'm just like adjusting. So, I mean, we were still talking every day and, um, and then a, a friend was trying to get a hold of me and I just thought like, I do not have time. Like I just, I just started school. I don't have time to get back to them yet. And then she finally sent me a message and said, Hey, I need to talk to you. And it's about him. And they had only met once at my going away party. So I'm like, mm. I immediately knew what it was. And um, I tried to call him and he didn't answer. And uh, I called my, my friend, my, a different friend, Mackenzie. And I was like, I think I know what it is. I think I know what this other friend has to tell me. And I think she saw him on a dating app. And Mackenzie was like, that's what it was. She's been trying to get a hold of you oh. to tell you that. So she saw him on this dating app like a week after I had left. But I knew immediately when I found, found that out, I, I couldn't wait to get off the phone with McKinsey to break things off of him. I couldn't wait. And I didn't need to hear what he had to say. I mean, I still would have heard it. Um, I, so we're, that's whenever I called him. I called him and he didn't answer. And I just sent him a message and said like, um, so another friend has told me that you're on a dating app. Uh, this is, you know, again, I'm done. And I just, you know, and then he did call me and he tried to, he tried to explain himself, but it was, I mean, everything he said was just bullshit. It was just like, I was bored, but he was like, um, please, you know, forgive me. And he was like, and he was like, and this isn't that big a deal. And I was like, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, this is. And this I, is not the first time this has happened. And what a wild thing. Just quick side note if you're listening. That that's um and I know people overuse the term gaslighting, but if you are in a relationship or a friendship or fucking any communication and you're upset about something and it is a big deal to you and someone says, "Well, it's not a big deal." It's like, "No, no, 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 no. To you it's not a big deal. To me it is a big deal, which is why we cannot uh, make this work because you don't like give, it's not that if you don't think it's a big deal, it's like, if you actually give a shit about the other person, if they're upset, it now is like, oh, I guess this is a big deal to you. And I care about you. So I don't want you to be upset. I just want to point that out because a lot of people pull that shit. But just a quick little relationship tip. If you're in someone like, don't let them be like, oh, you're right. I'm just being crazy. No, 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 no. You have your standards. And if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal. And find someone that respects that. Sorry, I just had to fucking... No, that's... And he he was like, tell me what I can do to, like, regain your trust. And I was like, that... I don't think that there is a, a way for you to regain my trust, but also, that's not on me 
to, to, to like write you out a plan for what you can do to make me trust you again. I got enough homework, right? Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. But also like, even if I told you what to do, if there was something that you could totally, do, it wouldn't count because I told you to do it. Correct. <laughs> Um, so, Which, oh my God, that's the same logic that your school is using. Holy shit. <laughs> you know like, that yeah. we didn't break up because of the school, but I I'm told a lot that whenever people start school here, it's very common for them to break up for, for relationships to break up because like you learn about communication and maybe about self-worth and respect. I, I don't know, but it's very common for that to happen. So Interesting. It, it kind of makes me feel like, well, even if he hadn't got on the dating app, this would have happened eventually. And, you know, so I guess I'm, I'm glad it happened two weeks into this experience rather than like, you know, might as well get all the shit out of the way at once. Right. And again, if we're going back to that video game analogy, if that didn't, if, cause it's like, you get there and it's like, okay, this, this, this. And then it's the same, like with, with me, with my one friend that I had in St. Louis, I knew there was tension. And when I moved there, I was like, this is either going to bring us closer together or break us apart. And there was tension and I could feel it and I could feel it. And I was just like, and when it snapped, that was like, like you with him. That was like my last thing when that stopped with her. I was like, it felt like my last thing I was hanging on to. And then I just dropped to the bottom of a well. And it's like, okay. I yeah. Okay. Put on your uh, big girl pants and let's do it. Like, just, just do it, you know? Yeah, Cause he was like a major source of security for me. So mm-hmm. I guess to, to, you know, do what I need to do uh, or something, maybe he was kind of a crutch or something where like, okay, you have no attachments now. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to fall back on. So let's just see if you sink or swim. <laughs> yeah. And the thing it's crazy. Like, I mean, I'm glad I gave you that book because that little book was so helpful to me. Um, and like, you know, and I don't want to keep giving all these analogies because, um, but like, I truly. I love it. Well, you are, <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you because talking with you, because I've been kind of picking it up via like text and stuff like that. And I see that you're, you're still like taking photographs and your pictures and you're, you're tagged. Monica's tagged in the show description, follow her on Instagram and everything. You're, you're so fucking talented. Oh, Speaking you. of, you can relocate anywhere. We need good um, show photographers in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, we can talk about this. This is, this will be boring to people. Um, we can talk about Austin later and like the stuff okay. that I'm working on out here. Just, I'm just throwing that in your brain. Just yeah. think about if you can relocate anywhere and you want to come to a big city that's like, is there's cool shit to do. It's not, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I need a show photographer uh, because <laughs> the people are, it's, mm, um, but like this, what you're going through right now, because I was there and the analogy, one of my favorite analogies is like, it felt like when I was on swim team it, as in high school, before a race. So you race and you're like, you'll be like, okay, like you're one of the fastest swimmers. You're like, okay, great. You're the top. And we're going in for finals, whatever. Um, and in order to prep for finals for like the big, like championship finals and big tournaments, you would swim in a full sweatsuit with tennis shoes on your feet and on your hands, like a hoodie. We'd get in the pool 
and you could barely, like you barely lift your arm out of the water. You can just barely, it's like, and these are some, and you're just like, and you (gasps) gasping for air and you can do like one stroke and you're like struggling to get through. And the coach would be like, you need to finish whatever event, right? He's like, you have to finish this in this. And if this takes four hours, we're going through this workout. I don't care how fucking long it takes. You're going to do it. And it sucked. But like the longer you did it, you're like, oh, I can go a full lane without, you know, without resting on the wall. And then you're like, oh, I can do two laps without um, resting. I can go three. And so you get a little bit stronger. And even though it sucks and you're in so much pain, obviously people, they, once you take the sweats off, the reason you do that, like two or three days before the race day, you take the sweats off and then you taper, which is you do really light workouts. So you're letting your muscles rest. So you overwork your muscles and then you let them rest and kind of chill out. And then the day of the race, you're, you just, your body, you just like fly through the water. You're, it's the fastest you'll ever be. It's yeah. the most focused you'll ever be because your body is like, and so that's what you're going through right now is because again, you've already crushed it at life. You can, all this shit you can do, things happen for you. It's easy. You're talented. It's boom, boom, boom. And so now this is like, you're like, okay, you have like a full sweatsuit on. So like every little thing you do, like, I mean, you just described like trying to pay your rent, like everything's so fucking hard. Yeah. Then whenever I I go back to some kind of normal situation, it'll seem so easy compared to this. It's so easy. It's so easy. And I even like now, like having a car, you know what I mean? Like in St. Louis without a car, like everything I did in St. Louis was, I could not stretch in my apartment. I could not put my arms over my head without hitting my ceiling. Like it was, I physically could not physically stretch my body out without whacking my hands on some shit. And like the staircase to my apartment, my parents came to help me move. It's like a rickety outdoor staircase. And then the stairs going up into the attic. My parents, when they came, they both were like, this is super dangerous. And like the brick pathways in certain parts of St. Louis where it's all lopsided, even the sidewalks were like, if you don't look down, you'll trip and fall because the sidewalks are wonky. Yeah. So it was like, everything was, everything was literally like one step at a time. What, and it was just like every, yeah, you'd be exhausted from doing nothing. Cause you're like, well, everything's just so difficult. Yeah. But that's the same with the sweatshirt thing, like in the pool and you're going through that now. And you're like, I know it sucks, but you're just, yeah, all you have to do right now is like the sink or swim thing you said, just keep your head just above water. I feel like for the last year in St. Louis, I was just like, just tread water. Just do the thing you need to do. Take a nap. Yeah. Do what you need to do. Chill out. Like you're conserving your energy. You're right now in that period. Because then once you're done, plus you have all this training. Like what kind of, um, like what kind of jobs are you doing? What kind of projects are you working on? This is like... Uh, so right Super now interesting. We're... This is wild that you're going through all this. I like what you just described. It sounds like it's like, so you're like, are you alone? Are you being held hostage? And you're like, so I'm working on this thing for, um, <laughs> for like Panasonic cameras. We're like, you're doing what now? <laughs> so right now we're in the storytelling, um, portion of where each, like, uh, the first module was like two or three weeks. This module is like five weeks. Okay. So all of the guest lecturers and people, it'll have something to do with storytelling. And then, um, so right now we're doing a project, our first project for a client, which it's, it's for a beauty brand. And I don't want to say like exactly what they make, but, um, 
it's a storytelling campaign for a beauty brand that really doesn't have much of a identity. They're just like, this is what we sell. And it's a story. Like they want to get more um, sales through somehow storytelling. And I'm like, that's not how you like use storytelling. Like you don't use a storytelling to like explain why your lip balm works the best. Like, so anyway, it's, it's a challenge with this, this client, but then also we do other projects where the voiceover I had to do. Yeah. What was that? Um, So we had like two days to write a story and it had to be, and then we had to make an audio book and it had to be five minutes long. And we had like three prompts. One of them was how I accidentally saved the world. One of them was uh, something like what it's like to be a rubber ball like something very abstract. And then the one we chose was, um, I'll never go to Norway again. And um, so I felt, I felt like most people would choose, would think like, okay, something went really bad in Norway. And this is the story of why I'll never go back. Mm-hmm. But thankfully my, my teammates were on board with taking it a very dark route. So we told the story of a person who really wants to get back to their home in Norway, but they realize that they're going to die before they make it. So it's like a realization of, I will never go to Norway again. That's cool. I just got chills. That's (laughs) fucking crazy. Yeah. I was pretty proud of it when we, when we listened to it. And that was wild. Like just getting over my fear of like hearing my recorded voice. Mm -hmm. I recorded the whole audiobook. Just, I was the only voice on it. And then in my class, my class of 40 people who I just had this awful party experience with, I have to sit in class and listen to my audiobook with these 40 people of me telling this story. And everybody else's stories were super fun and light. And then I tell this story about like a woman accepting her mortality, that she's going to die in a foreign country. <laughs> You're so fucking badass. <laughs> I don't know if the class, like no, no one really said anything. I don't know if the class liked it or not, but the fil- the facilitator, he was like, I, I love the angle that you went. It's That's so great. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, and we, and we, we've learned a lot about like how you use storytelling to, to really evoke emotions and that can then like build towards the brand um, or it can help you sell something, but mm-hmm. it's a skill to be able to evoke emotion. So since we didn't, we, for that project, we weren't like, it wasn't for a client. There was no tone that we had to follow. There's been other pro- projects where we have to use humor, uh, which is really hard. <laughs> I mean, I know you know that, but it's yeah, yeah. also hard whenever you're working with people who come from different backgrounds. Like I've comedy does not transfer always. No. Comedy is uh, is timing. It's beats the and, and comedy is, is comedy is like so so specific. The wording yeah. you have to get like you. It's every word syllable you have to hit, and it's timing and it's inflection and they're double entendres and they're different things. And that, a lot of times that does not tra- that just doesn't really translate yeah. exactly into other languages. Yeah. It's well, that's it. That's the, like drama and emotions like that. Those things kind of carry right sadness. Yeah. That's easy because that's a lot of times, but humor is such a tricky thing to really knock out of the park. 
And, you know, what's funny to some people in some countries, you're just like, this is not, I don't, this is not for me. Yeah. So the first um, big group project we did, we ended up winning. They made it like a, because the, my program manager also like loves RuPaul's Drag Race. So he made it like uh, a competition. So there were like top three teams, top or bottom three teams. And then um, there would be like a winner. So my team won and it was a, it was, I felt really proud about it, but it was one where we had to use like a humorous tone. And I think that we won because of other things, but I don't think the tone was there. And like a couple days before the project, whenever we were reading through it, I was like, guys, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we can't go back. This is what we've got. <laughs> um, and I think that there's a lot of positive things with it, but this tone is cringe. This is cringe. This is not funny. <laughs> and I think, like, and we had just at that point been like super supportive and positive. And then I dropped that bomb and then I felt really bad about it. But I'm like, this is not, the, the tone is not there. Yeah. But it, it was still, it, it was turned out good anyway. Well, it's good. I mean, it's good that you say something, you know, that's yeah. the cool thing about that school is it sounds like it, it's like supportive of communication and being like, oh, the, yeah. What was, I want to see all these ads. What was the tone that was so cringe? Like, what was the? Uh, so with that one, we, we t- and that was the other Like, thing. it was also about a woman accepting her mortality, but then at the end she was like, and also, like, I only have one week to live, which is why I'm so thankful that I have this lip balm. It's tinted. And I was like, <laughs> like what the, huh? No, so this one was for um, an organization, not really a company. So it's this really cool, um, organization that is about um environmentalism but they use like funny uh like catchy like graphics and design to convey this so so the project was about specifically how men have a bigger carbon footprint because of toxic masculinity because they feel that you know it's it's feminine to bring canvas tote bags to the store and it's feminine to ride your bike instead of you know taking your truck to the grocery store and so we had to figure out some kind of campaign or some it was very very broad something we had to do something to um try to change the behavior of men when it came to environmental acts which i mean is impossible <laughs> right right but it's not really much of a problem here. So we chose America as the target market because like, I mean, recycling is pretty, I mean, everyone does it here. Recycling it's- is gay as hell, bro. Oh, sorry. That was the American <laughs> voice. <laughs> recycling. <laughs> so, so we came up with this, um, we used like a street art festival where, um, so we came up with like a, a character uh, that represented toxic masculinity and we would show him we would have like artists and this is all like theoretical you know these are just ideas but we have would have like street artists in their own style show this character doing um things that are thought of to not be masculine like you know the examples I showed but um yeah so it, it was really uh I don't know it was a it was a great experience and so what kind of examples did you do that, that were not masculine? This is so interesting to me. Like what, cause what's cool, what you're doing right now is like, and I know you do this already as a photographer, 
But this also is probably why you're having panic attacks. And I'll just tell you, as someone who's been like um, very accepting of like having been a weirdo. And then once I started doing stand up, I was like, so everything you're doing is just like what's outside the box. Like what's because so your brain is constantly like working. Um, so, yeah, you're having brain growing pains right now, big time. Um, because not only you have to get creative with like how you exist and survive in society, but also like at if you were doing the school in America, you would still be having these fucking crazy breakthroughs because your brain yeah. yet to be like, okay, we're doing what now? Like to be so yet you're, you just have to let your brain just be open and be so outside of the box when you're thinking of stuff. Um, so what kind of examples did you give? So that were um, not masculine. Oh, so, I mean, one of the things that we thought would be kind of, cause it's like, you have to, to get, especially like um, I think our target group was 18 to 25. If you're going to reach 18 to 25 year old men and somehow convince them to, to change their behavior, first of all, it's probably impossible, but right. you're going to have to use humor or have like a lighter tone and then it, humor and a, humor and or giant tits. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like big tits with like banana peels on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, our idea was this. So I, I used, um, I kind of mess around with illustrations and um, procreate. So I drew, we used the Hulk, but we called him, we made him purple instead of green. Okay. And we called him the bulk. But please do not, this is not funny. But this is just a school project. Hey, I already like it. I already like the bulk. I already like it. Okay. So then um, one of the things I drew was, um, so the idea of if you're showering together, you're saving water. So I, <laughs> this is already good. This is already good. Okay. So you have the, the bulk and the so bulge drew, in the I shower. I drew like, like a, a bathtub with um, the curtain and you can see the silhouette of like the bulk <laughs> and then, but instead of drawing like a, a busty silhouette of a woman, I totally drew like a man, like yeah. a, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm away from the microphone. Yeah. It was like the, the message was shower together. So then a classmate of mine, who's really good with uh, Photoshop, she can take that image that I drew and she can put it, um, and like put an angle on it and make it look like it was spray painted on a wall. So we had all these mock-ups of what these, the street art would look like. That's first of all, that's fucking hilarious and genius. That's that is that do not downplay that at all. <laughs> that's actually a great campaign because you're making fun of because it is true. Like you'll see dudes, it's like, oh, did you bring your like the canvas bag? And they're like, what? Yeah. It's fucking good. I don't suck dicks, bro. I just I want a yeah. plastic bag from the girl. It's like, okay, re relax, calm down. You know what I mean? But that yeah. is really funny to be like showering together. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is really a funny idea. Oh my God. What else? What other examples do you have? This is great. Um, okay. So you know how um, you always see those, the street art with the big wings. Mm -hmm. So, and people stand in front of it and it looks like, so I right. drew one where it's just like two, like bulking, like arms, like super spool uh, arms. And they're like purple because it's the bulk. But then in his hands, he's got like canvas bags full of vegetables. Dude, that's fucking good. <laughs> but then other ones were like, you know, um, just kind of illustrations of 
turn off the water when you're brushing your teeth. And it was just like, they're just like little steps, like little things you could do. Um, you know, turn off the lights when you leave a room, like things like that, but just illustrated and. <laughs> and they're all being done by the bulk where it's just yeah. like, ah, if the bulk <laughs> can do it. Ugh. And then I also drew like a huge like bulk, but riding like a tiny bike. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> if the bulk, the, the, the bulk only does two things. Fucking crush puss and save the environment. <laughs> it's like very straight. It's a very... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would it be? It would be, um, wait, like crush. Well, you can, I mean, because pussy, but I'm trying to think like, because save, um, save the planet is one. But you want to like something like rhythmically. Yeah. Um, but like crush the puss, save the planet. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's fully like inappropriate that you can never put on anything. Yeah. But um, there's something that's like a fun tagline for the bulk. Yeah. And we, it was really hard to think of like, because also some of the, t- some of the things like. The oh, words- you didn't use the tagline where like, all he does is put his face in fucking giant pussies <laughs> and turn off the lights. I was trying to think so of some tagline <laughs> that's like, you know, the Hulk is like, um, what's his tagline? Uh, like, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Yeah. So it's like something like taking something like that and then playing on it. But that's that, that kind of like copy and parody and it's really hard. But then also mm-hmm. there were many times with my group where I'm like writing out script or something and they're like, that won't mean anything to, to these, like, I don't know what that word like that's not a commonly used word here, even though everyone speaks English. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember I said something and I used the word like a sage, like as a person, a wise person. And they're like, no one's going to get that. Yeah. No one's, you know, so, so many. This is a tagline just... for the bulk, which, and I know, look, and now we're workshopping. Uh, but how about <laughs> this is a tagline for the bulk. Destroy <laughs> pussy, not the planet. Oh, thank you. Wendy, that's, I'm that, a writer. That's yeah. That's actually pretty fucking funny. Yeah, because the sec the group that got like second place, mm-hmm. uh, theirs was a campaign that was about big dick energy, and it showed like if you've got big dick energy, you're doing these things, doing these things to save the planet or whatever. So yeah. that would have gone over like actually really. That would have been perfect. We would have nailed every. You know, we would have had the the humor. I should have called you. You should call me. That's I fucking yeah. love doing this shit. I love say look, and now we're workshopping, and this is how you do. Yeah, yeah. It's like word math. <laughs> it's why I'm annoying to be around, but I'm constantly. My brain is always just like, what's the tagline for this? What's the? It's like word Tetris in my head, <laughs> and that's why I need you here because I can do all the word shit, but I need a visual person. You're good with visuals. Yeah, and this is. I mean, that's why. So Hyper Island's whole thing is team is everything. Yes. So like, you don't have to have all the skills. You just have to have the um collaborative skills to where you know you t- you're not good with that okay just team up with somebody who is mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so oh my god I'm so like I'm so happy to talk to you and I'm happy you're there this is like <laughs> well it's funny because I've been wanting to talk to you but I also really wanted to record an episode with you once we were both in our place and so I didn't want to like blow my load you know like <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. The problem is with talking to friends, and I've had friends on the podcast where we do this, but it's like we talk all the time, and so, so you're not getting the reactions because it's no, like the it's, first time. 
Yeah. Right. And so this was like, I'm so glad we did this because now, and now we, and now we can talk regularly on the phone, which I wanted to, I would love to talk with you like once a week <laughs> yes. where we can just like, you know what I mean? Um, cause now I feel like like how you had a guide for your mushroom trip. I can be your guide for this weird where you're like, um, I feel like I uh, have made a mistake and I want to kill myself. I'll be like, no, no, I did that for a whole year. Anyway, here's what we're doing today. <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like I'm you in the future. Like, yeah. You'll get out and you know, you, it's not like you're there forever. Yeah. And this is why I met you. Like, yeah. I see? saw you. I'm like, that's my, that's future me. Yeah. So I can help you. Yeah. That was a good trade-off. You were like, I'm crushing it. And I was like, I'm being crushed. And then where's a trade-off? Yeah. And I got the car. So I have custody of our vehicle. And now you're like, <laughs> son of a bitch. It's like, listen, I know, look at, Hey, you have to stay down there. <laughs> you have to keep working. <laughs> You know, did I tell you that whenever you were on stage um, and I hadn't met you yet, but I went to your show and I would say five minutes in to when, when you were doing your set, I leaned over to Kayla and was like, we're giving her a ride home. Really? <laughs> like instantly, like I, I'm going to be friends with this woman. I'm so glad that you came to that show. Yeah. The people yeah. that don't know that was so I, that was at a funny bone show. And we'll, we'll close the episode on a nice little another for all the people that, you know, the woo-woo people. If you do like it, you're into it. If you don't like it, fuck you, because this shit is real. <laughs> so that was the only show I ever did at the funny bone. Um, oh, really? Uh-huh. I did Max's show. That was the only time I ever went to the funny bone. And that was your going away, kind of like a party thing. And how, when was the last time you had been to a stand-up show? Before I mean, that. before quarantine, well before quarantine. Yeah. So it was like a year and a half. Yeah. And I took an Uber there because I didn't have a car. Yeah. And, that, and you were going to Sweden nine days later. So this would be like the one chance that we had to meet. Yeah. And, and whenever, and Max likes to take credit. He was like, well, I, I invited Wendy to be on that show because I knew that you would like her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and I knew that she probably needed a ride home. <laughs> he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. like, it's crazy, it's crazy. But see, this is good. This is all like symbiotic. I wonder if you can come back. Well, you can't redo the the bulk project, but I can't. Can, oh, go back and I, add that I'm really, line. I'm really proud of that pussy. Destroy the pussy, not the planet. It's okay. I'll use it for something else. We'll use it for something else. Yeah. Do it for this, whatever this beauty campaign is. They'll be like, this doesn't make sense. And you're like, no, but I have a really good tagline. I have a really good tagline. (laughs) Well, you know, you can do like, like I've been told that I should put this bulk project in my portfolio, whatever that ends up being. Um, And you can kind of do like a director's cut, like of your, like I can make, I can add that to the, the project when I put it in my portfolio. I would add it. I would 100% yeah. add it. Even if it's a, even if pussy's a swear word, who gives a fuck? It's funny. Yeah. And, and I and I just and it's and if I I mean if I do say so myself, it's just good writing. It's good. It's yeah. rhythmic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something we should all be doing, destroying pussies. And it's provocative. And the whole point of this was is like that's how you get people's attention. So that's why, like, whenever we did the presentation, even though we hadn't yet introduced the bulk. We hadn't yet talked about street art or anything. That image of the bulk in the shower, like we put that like slide two. And then we were like, so how do you get people's attention? Mm-hmm. And then we went on and like explained it later, but like up top, get people's attention. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's great. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. Yeah, this is going to be, this is good. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that I didn't come off as super, like, I'm not having an awful time. Like, I'm learning so much. The city's beautiful. I'm loving riding my bike everywhere. Um, I feel like really healthy, much healthier physically than I've been in a while. Um, so it's not all bad. No, you're just truly, and again, you're, you are growing new, like you're growing new, like this sounds dumb, but superpowers. It's almost as if in movies, like, God, I'm such a, this is such a fucking weird analogy, but like, um, in movies, I'm trying to think maybe if I can't remember the name of it, like city of angels, probably one of those stupid movies or something where it's like, if someone's growing wings, maybe this happens in cartoons, who knows? Maybe this happened in a fucking fantasy I had. But like when someone is like growing wings out of their body, you're growing, it's like, you're literally growing new parts of your brain. Yeah. So it's pain. There's pain associated with that. And so it's and a psychic. I don't mean like see the future. I mean, psychic, like mental. Yeah. So you're having like psychic pains, growing yeah. pains right now. Yeah. So that's, and that's fine. So yeah, you're allowed to, you're allowed to be like, this is great. I'm writing my back. I feel healthy. And also at the same time, be like fucking fuck. Yeah. How do I pay my rent? <laughs> like, why do people don't use cash? I still have to figure, like, I've got to, you know, it's Saturday night and I'm probably going to be upstairs, uh, you know, doing more research on how I can pay this fucking rent. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, um, good luck. Have a great Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Thank, <laughs> so, you. thank you so much for um, doing this and like oh, saving. I loved it. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah. Thank you for great. saving all this energy so we could record it uh, for the show. And thank you guys for listening. Follow Monica on Monica plug um, your social media and anything else you want to plug. Okay. Um, so my, my Instagram is Manya photo M O N Y A F O T O. Um, and I'm a photographer, so you'll find a lot of like shots of Stockholm and I take self-portraits and I do events sometimes, stand up or bicycle races or, you know, whatever I'm doing, like, a, I'm, I'm photographing some, uh, like experimental, um, art market in a couple weeks. It's just like random photos, but okay. I try to keep it interesting. Yeah, and if, if for so if that's if you're in Sweden for the next what is it nine months eight months how much longer do you have there? I'll at least be here till um, May or June, and then mm-hmm. I'll, I might be here six months longer for an internship, or okay. be here forever. Who fucking knows? I don't know. If you can't pay your rent, you can't leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>